Howdy, howdy, do who fans? Welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 271. Oh, yes. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I... Um, the doctor! For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour, and the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour, and I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Hey, 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 who fans? Hope you're all well and safe. You've had a cracking week and you've all managed to do something Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Related. Related, yeah. I finished off something Doctor Who related. Is it a book? A book, yeah. Finish off the City of Death story which is really good oh yeah james goss yeah do you know what some of those target books are really cool because they're not huge novels that you feel like you have to dedicate months to read because uh, sometimes with a book because unfortunately sometimes i've got two books on the go at any one time mm. could sort of flip between the two but this one had me glued mate i just had it polished off in in a few days it was good yeah i tell you i always i love that feeling of finishing a book and, and then thinking right because me and you are the same. We just got piles of books because we love buying them, but they soon pile up, and then you're like, right, which one shall I, which one shall I read next, sort of thing. Yes. Yeah, and obviously yeah. with the lockdown, it's given us a chance to actually get through them. I've um, gone through a couple of books as well. I, I finished off the Eccleston book, his biography, which was good. Um, I read Prince's biography that he started writing before he died, and um, and that's been finished off. And I really enjoyed that. Very. Um, very apt for some of the stuff that's going on at the moment because Prince was a big advocate for Black Lives Matter and, and so that was quite timely uh, to finish that and um, really enjoyed that. And uh, and I've just started really because I, th- I was thinking, right, what should I do now? Two biographies should probably move on to something a bit, you know, more lighthearted, like, you know, like one of the Target books. Um, but actually, I've started John Levine's biography. <laughs> so it was just, I know, it, <laughs> I was just looking along the shelf 
And I thought, what haven't I read yet? It just sort of jumped out at me. It was a nice size. (laughs) And I thought, he's a character. I mean, you know, (laughs) so I've started that. And it's got a lovely intro by Toby Haydock in it. But um, I'm not quite sure how that's going to pan out. But yes, uh, so I've started that, um, which is interesting. But yeah, I love the Tiger Boots. You've probably seen I've been going through all my old ones that have been boxed up. um, And I've um, I've unboxed them and put them on the shelf. And uh, I just love those target books the, the covers alone <laughs> just um i just sit there and i just look at them over and over again they're beautiful um, they but yeah one day i could just read them right from the beginning i thought i had more than i did though it's weird i keep thinking is there another box somewhere because there are certain target books that i'm sure i had that i haven't found yet hmm. but then sometimes i just think it's because i know the covers if you know what i mean i sort of think i have it because i've seen the cover but yeah great really nice books love the old target books yeah. So what are you going to read now yeah. off your big pile of books? Yeah, I'm not sure, mate. I'm not sure. I'm, I feel like I need to pick up a new book. I need to go. I need to go Doctor <laughs> Who book shopping. Did you read um, at Childhood's End? The, I did. The Ace. Yeah. 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 That was good. Yeah, that was a good. Um, that was a good one. Well, so I read recently. It's good. Uh, the other book that I I bought that I haven't read yet, which you'll like, is the C3PO Anthony Daniels biography. I. I know he's not very liked in fandom, but it, it was so cheap in Sainsbury's and it had some nice Star Wars pictures in the middle of it. I thought, well, I'll get it. Um, but I haven't read that yet. <laughs> of course. I don't, I thought it was that or John Levine. It's a very t- tough choice. Two very um, interesting characters. Yeah, I, I read the Anthony Daniels book a couple of months ago. Any good? Yeah, it's pretty good, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Got some really good, some really good insights into the old, the old Star Wars days and... I just know I'm stuff. going to get cross when he starts talking about Kenny, but I'll I'll cross that <laughs> bridge when I come to it. Uh, what about <clears throat> what about Scratch Man? Have you read that? I've not read that actually. Ah, ah that there you could go. Be a good then one. that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, Tom Baker. Mm. Yeah, that's a good. Actually, he's got a new biography coming out. Uh, supposedly, at the end of this year, isn't he, Tom Baker? Yeah, October, I think. October, yeah. November. Yeah, that should be good. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I hope he actually talks about Doctor Who in this one because in his <laughs> in his last biography called "Who's Tom Baker? Who on Earth is Tom Baker?" I think he barely mentioned it, even though the cover was him as the fourth <clears throat> Doctor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he hardly mentioned it, but um, that's a long time ago. I read that. I can't remember now. Yeah, it's a bit like Davison's book, wasn't it? I think everybody was expecting oh. a bunch of a bunch uh davison spilling the tea but it and it, it's it, i think there was a, a few bits that were quite interesting mainly around him how he felt how he felt i should say feels how he felt about tom back in the day yeah it was, inter- was quite that, interesting yeah i really enjoyed davison's biography but it was frustrating because he just starts talking about doctor who and then it'll, it'll just completely go <laughs> off about something else um but the most frustrating thing was when he starts talking about the five doctors, because I was really interested to hear about his thoughts on that. Cause obviously he got to work with all the other doctors and the stuff. Um, and he, he just starts talking about it. And then he just literally two pages later and he's, he's off. He's talking about his school year and you're like, no, tell us what went on. And, um, <laughs> but it's a good read. Davis's book. But yeah, it's quite frustrating in a way. He really flips back and forth. He's, I think he's trying to be a bit timey wimey in it. Um, and I don't remember much about Tom's. It was so long ago I read it, but I remember there wasn't a lot of dots here in it. But his favourite story, um, the last time I met Tom, he was telling stories at his signing table. And he, just as we got to him, 
he started telling my favourite story for his book. The only one that sticks in my mind. It's just one of his little anecdotes that he tells over and over again, where he's in a lift with a woman and she's like, "You don't remember me, do you?" And he's like, "Oh, do we work? Do we work together?" And then I think the punchline is something like, "No, I used to be your wife or something." And I was recording <laughs> it on my phone. I was thinking, "Yes, this is oh, I'm so glad I've got this on film." Tom telling the story. And my blimmin' phone, you know, it's always full. Cut mm-hmm. off and yep. didn't save it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was furious. I was like, oh, I would love to have caught that moment on my camera. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to his new biography anyway. That should be interesting. Your bloody phone. For listeners who oh. are, aren't aware, we have this every single convention, every single minute. Yep. It's like, should we grab a selfie? Well, I can't yet, mate, because I need to Just free up some space on my phone and delete some pics. Oh, every time. Crackers. Oh, dear. I hate iPhones. I don't know why I've got one. Well iPhones are good. You just need to back up your pics a bit more often to free yeah. up some space. It's all because um, I had a I had everything saved to a terabyte, saved to a terabyte, and and then wipe off my phone. And then one day I tripped over the lead of the terabyte, and it went. It literally <laughs> did a three sixty. It went on smashed on the floor, and I lost everything. And uh, I know it's unlikely that happened again, but I just it makes me so paranoid about it. I like I'm thinking no I must keep it stored on my phone in case I lose it you know so it's just that paranoia <laughs> but there is some rubbish on there sometimes when I go from my phone like, why have I got a picture of you know the pavement that I've actually taken a picture of you know by mistake and yeah or the <laughs> inside of, of my pocket tree yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear mm. first world problems yeah yeah so that'd be good actually Tom's so, yeah so I might give scratch man a go then yeah, you'll yeah. like that one. That is good. Yeah, it's kind of like too. Well, no, I won't say too much because I don't want to give away. But it's it's almost like too. It it, it flips in the middle. It's quite interesting because it sort of it starts off quite dark and then it sort of flips into a sort of different style halfway through. And there's a good surprise in the middle. And yeah, yeah, I recommend it. I enjoyed Scratch Man. It wasn't perfect, but I did really enjoy it. Cool, cool. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah talking of going shopping and stuff, uh, Forbidden Planet broke there radio silence the other day don't know if you saw yes i did what what on earth is going on with forbidden planet at the minute yeah so they uh they had their site hacked mm. and was and got taken down and instead of um instead of letting everybody know <laughs> they just went they just went dark so i think for i think it was about a four or five day period where uh, people were saying i ordered stuff from you but your website's down and you're not on Twitter. So can I assume that you've gone under? <laughs> so yeah. I thought, well, that's unlikely. But then as the days went on, because you mentioned it to me first, you're like, have you heard anything about FP with people not getting their stuff? And I reply, I was like, no. Mm. So I dived in. I was like, right, this is not right. Because normally Forbidden Planet, they've got their problems with their deliveries and such, you know, from time to time. But they're generally not too bad with communicating. They're not, they're not too bad. But yeah, they just went radio silence. But fortunately, they put a, a, a notice on their website to say that they were been their site had been hacked and taken down, all the rest of it. So I think they've got like a proper uh, cyber security company to come in and mm. make sure everything was good and stuff. So I think it's on the fifteenth of June they're going to reopen up the website along with the same day they're opening up their shops. So that should be yeah. Fun. So, yeah, yeah. I was worried about that because I I must admit the silence is the worst thing because you think oh if they can't even go on, because they always communicate through Twitter if there's a problem. Even on their website, it says, you know, please visit Twitter for any updates. And there was nothing. And everyone was just speculating that they'd gone bust. Because obviously in this time, you know, with shops being shut and struggling, shops are closing left, right and centre. 
<clears throat> so it was a quite a natural thing to assume of, oh, I haven't gone bust, have they? So, yeah, it was quite worrying. I think it was over a week before they actually issued this statement saying, sorry about the radio silence, but we've been hacked. And then the next concern then was, well, are our details safe? Because obviously when you go to Fin Planet, you just, you don't, all, I think, yeah, you don't have to put your credit card details in. They just, you just press pay, don't you? And it's, so they're saying your details aren't stored on the website. So it's a third party thing. But uh, yeah, it's obviously a concern, but um, it's still down at the minute. But like you said, I think it's going to relaunch on the 15th. So I'm kind of relieved because I, you know how much I love Forbidden Planet. Um, I would have hated for them to go. Um, so I am kind of relieved that, well, not relieved that they had a cyber attack, but relieved that they're still <laughs> going and that they're sorting it out. Yes. Um, yep. As someone who's not very technical, uh, talking to someone who is very technical, though, is it? Uh, is that a big thing? Because a lot of people are, are giving them a hard time. They're saying, God, you know, come on, guys, it's been two weeks, you know, but it, I'm guessing that's a difficult thing to to get the site back up, is it? It must be, because it's well, been two weeks now. Well, if it depends, really. I, I think, because they mention it on the message that's on their website currently, that mm. they got a proper, quote-unquote, proper company to come and to come and sort it all out. So that takes time, obviously. So from that yeah. respect, yeah, it all sounds legit and, and all that jazz. But what's disappointing, though, is that the, their Twitter account is in no way linked to the website. Obviously, mm. Twitter's an external thing, third-party thing. So they could have... It, it, it doesn't take a long time to figure out that your site's been hacked and taken down. It doesn't... You know, that's a sort of instantly a thing that you, you, yeah. you know, you're not confused over. So they could have gone to Twitter and said, you know, our, you know, we, we've been hacked, whatever, we're investigating, you know, mm. so don't worry, you know, we're, we're looking into it sort of thing. So the radio silence, like you said, it's the the lack of communication that was disappointing really. But hey-ho, it's, um you know, no no personal details have been taken by the sound of it, so that's all good. Yeah, I have got I have got an order. Well, I've got loads of stuff on back order, but I did place an order about, three days before it closed you know the website went off so i am waiting for a few bits it's i've actually forgotten what i did order though there was i thought i'd treat myself to something before i went back to work i thought i oh, know i'll go on fp and get a few blind boxes and a few bits and i just wanted something to arrive before i went back to work um something to look forward to because i was getting quite down about having to go back to work uh, next week um but yeah i'm still waiting for that <laughs> so i don't think it's even been pro- i don't think any orders are being processed at the minute so i think that was it people were worried that they couldn't even get into their own site because no orders are being processed at all are they so no, no at the minute but yeah anyway i'm glad they're still around hopefully they get back on their feet soon absolutely mate yeah i'm dying yeah. to get out and do some geeky shopping like my wife she's oh, going absolutely nuts because all she wants to do and fair play all she wants to do is just go and have a wander around the shops have a coffee and stuff like that mm. she wants to spend a bit of money because she's not had that thrill <laughs> Yeah, for a while. She just wants to go and oh, look, there's a nice top, or there's a pair of shoes, or something like that. And I'm like that, but not for clothes. I'm good for clothes at the minute. I just want to go and buy some, some comics and collectibles and rubbish to put on the shelf, basically. Yeah, (laughs) I know what you mean. I'm looking forward to when we can all meet up again in London and stuff, and go to the Tardis pub in Covent Garden and all that sort of stuff. But the um. It's it's not. I don't think shopping's not going to be a fun experience for a while. You know, all the queuing and stuff. It's 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 not going to be. You know, we're going to have to get used to it. Because I keep thinking this. I can't wait to go back to Forbidden Planet London. I literally cannot wait for the day when I meet outside there. We go, yeah, let's go and have a look. See what they got. Let's go and see the cabinet of woe that's gone, you know, not there anymore. Um, 
but it's not you know we're, we're probably going to be queued up outside for oh, a yeah. good hour yeah. to get in and stuff it's, it's going to be it's going to take some getting used to but yeah anyone that's not been to the forbidden planet mega store in london it's actually very similar to a lot of other forbidden planets uh, both types of forbidden planets actually we have here mm. in the uk most of them are very tight in terms of walking around especially the london mega store one there's no way that you've got two meters worth of space around pretty much all of the shop, both upstairs and downstairs. So that's going to be a real interesting um, experience doing some COVID-19 style shopping there. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Last time I went in there, it was packed as well. (laughs) Absolutely packed last time I went in there. Obviously before COVID, this is obviously, yeah. Yeah. The last time I was in there, dude, it was absolutely rammed in there, like edging past. You know, like when you're, see those films and cartoons where somebody's on the edge of a building and they're on mm. like a tiny, tiny ledge <laughs> yeah. and they're sort of shimmying along to stick to the wall. It's like that as you try and get round. You don't want to. I've ex- normally got my big backpack on as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, look, look, at the, look at him with his blimmin' backpack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just to barge people out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Go and exchange some sweat for the planet, eh? Yeah, nice, can't wait. <laughs> yeah, comes not that great. Uh, right, anyway. Uh, I haven't been up to anything else soon. I'll finish off that book. Watched uh, the two part of a review today and that's it. So, yeah. Uh, I managed to get a bit of Hartnell in. You know, last week I said I was really wanting to watch some Hartnell. I managed to get one in. Um, so I watched The Reign of Terror the other night, which I haven't watched in ages. Um, I won't say too much because we haven't reviewed it. Um, but it's, uh, um, there's always, a, I love it when we get, a, <laughs> I love it when we get a story when I'm watching it and there's a scene pops up where I think to myself, if Gary was sat next to me now, we'd be cracking up. <laughs> and there's a scene in that um, where the doctor, I mean, one minute he's just, he's having a lovely stroll through the fields. He's having a lovely day out. And then the next minute, he needs to get away from this guy. So he picks up a great big stick off the floor and wallops him over the head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hartnell's doctor is just so unpredictable. And I thought, oh, it's the way he does it as well. He's just it distracts him with a coin or something. He's like, yeah, look at that. Look at that. And then just while he's bent over looking at it, he gets this great big blooming branch. He goes, wallop. <laughs> come on. Come on. Let's get out of here. And I'm thinking, wow, Hartnell's doctor, he didn't take any bleep no, did he no. he really didn't but um yeah i won't say too much because we haven't reviewed that one um all, all i will say is that obviously half of it's missing so you get first three of the actual episodes and then the following episodes are animated uh pretty decent animation to be fair but um i always find it so frustrating because you don't know because you sort of got half of it and then to flick to animation it's a bit jarring i think but better than telly snaps anyway i thought oh, man oh, i struggle telly, with yeah. i struggle with telly snaps i tell you yeah defo would oh so yeah animation. i'm not yeah. complaining about the animation but yeah anyway i look forward to when we get around to watching that one but it's just oh, i just love hartnell you know and think, and you can uh, forgive him because i think if it, if that was you know like nowadays if the doctor did that we'd be saying oh that was that character for the doctor the doctor doesn't do that um but with Hartnell, he's the first. and he, So you kind of think anything goes. You know, he's laying down the sort of ground rules for the Doctor, isn't he? So anything yes. goes with Hartnell's Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next story that we've got for Hartnell, which is coming up later in the year, but yeah, uh, not till September, is the Sensorites. Oh, the Sensorites. Oh, blimey, I haven't seen that for a while. Mm. Mm. Always good, though, to do some Hartnell. I just, yeah, I've got such a big appreciation for his Doctor. I, I love it. Love him. Oh. I was having a, we were on our Discord the other day, the Blue Box Discord, and um, 
I was saying, I, I think I prefer Hartnell to Troughton. And there was a bit of a sort of digital gasp. I could see people like, what? <laughs> I was like, well, no, I love Troughton. I love him. He's 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 brilliant. But this, I just have a, I don't know, I just slightly <laughs> edge towards Hartnell because he's so different and he's so alien. And, you know, I, something about Hartnell I love. Yeah, the OG. Yeah. The OG, yeah. All right, but that's it. That's all, all I've done. I haven't, I haven't done anything else. Just, yeah, reading books. Yeah, bit Hartnell. That's it. No big finish this week. I'm afraid I haven't had time. Yeah, not a bad week. There's, there no. are worse ways to spend a week. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so coming up for the rest of the show, we've got no news. I think this is like a month, like four weeks on the <laughs> bounce now, or something. We've had no news, something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's tumbleweed. Well, the fan being furloughed. <laughs> the fam, yeah, tumbleweed situation as always, and then we've got a couple of bits of merch. Some good news for. Big finish back orders and some vinyl stuff. Then we're on to our review of the 11th Doctor two-parter from Series 6. The probable astronaut (laughs) and something about the moon. Mm. But until we get to that stuff, remember to subscribe to the show on whatever podcast app you listen to your podcasts on. Just do a search for the Big Blue Box podcast. You'll find us on there somewhere. Or head over to the website, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can find links uh, to all those things there. Plus, you can listen to all of the previous eps. And there are a link off to the socials too. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Go and follow us on there and chat plenty of Doctor Who. On the website, there's also a link to our free Discord server. Come and hang out and chat Doctor Who with lots of other cool, like-minded Doctor Who fans. Which is all fun. And games, and remember to check out my co-host channel over on his YouTube channel, The Geek's Handbag. The Geek's Handbag, yes. Go and have a look at all my vids. I've spent hours editing together before <laughs> they got lost on the terabyte. <laughs> no, actually, I've still got them somewhere. But yeah, go and have a look at my vids. Go and have a gander. Uh, yeah. Yes. And then connect with Adam as well on the socials under the same name, The Geek's Handbag. That's it. Cool, and cool, I cool. do pop into the Discord now. Now I've reset my password and got back into it. I'm I'm on the Blue Box Discord. Yes, there was cheers and confetti the other day <laughs> when you popped in. <laughs> yeah. nice. I always forget my passwords. Terrible. It's probably on the on the hard drive that you smashed. You had like a <laughs> yeah, list of all right, your passwords. Yeah. Blimmin' hard drive. <laughs> Blimmin' terabyte. Terrible terabyte. <laughs> Indeedy. Right, shall we crack on and talk about some merch? Alrighty. Merch corner. Merch corner merch corner it's a bit rubbish but it's pretty it's very pretty well there you are young man what do you think of that now eh a viking helmet i know it's on the telly it's everywhere i don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted i work in a shop now here to help (laughs) just gets in your head that one it does Big finish. The warehouse is going to reopen, dude. Actually, by the time you listen to this podcast, yay, it will be open. So a couple of days ago, on Monday, the 8th of June, the the staff at Big Finish uh, started returning back to the warehouse to start clearing the backlog and get the the physical stuff out to people that had ordered uh, stuff back from, I think it was March. Yeah, I think they, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, they had to close the warehouse for obvious reasons. So they did say that they're going to they're gonna, uh, recommence shipping of all the collector's edition CDs and box sets and all that stuff 
that the backlog has built up since then. And they're going to be doing split shift uh, shifts, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which is good. So they've taken steps to ensure that the warehouse workers and everybody, they've all got the safety equipment and they're doing uh, regular uh, deep cleans and all that stuff to make sure that everything is as it should be in these times, which is cool. So the chairman for Big Finish, Jason Hay Ellery, went on to say that our listeners have been extremely patient over the past three months while our warehouse staff have been furloughed. And as we have uh, operated a digital first release schedule, I'd like to thank all of our customers for their understanding during this time. We really couldn't have done it without you. Uh, now that we, uh, we are now delighted to be in a position to begin shipping physical products for all orders we have taken since the 24th of March. The team has put procedures in place to ensure the continued safety of the staff. However, we naturally have a lot of pending orders to get through and the warehouse is not yet back to full capacity. So we ask that customers continue to bear with us as we start to clear the backlog. To make it fair for everyone, outstanding orders for collector's edition CDs and box sets uh, will be filled, fulfilled on a per month basis. So orders placed in April will be batched up and mailed out first followed by those in May and June. Uh, Please note that we are still awaiting delivery of some stock from our pressing plants and we cannot guarantee the status of local mail or postal services. We expect there to be continued delays, particularly for overseas customers. So in a nutshell, they're back to work in the best way that they can to keep everybody safe and they're going to work through the backlog. So you are going to get your stuff. It just might take a little bit longer than, than it would normally do. Uh, but good news though, good news, because although the digital first release stuff was great for for people like me that don't order the physical stuff from Big Finish anymore and all that stuff, people like yourself and all of our other listeners who do love the physical stuff still, uh, not to worry, it will be on its way. So good news from Big Finish. Yeah, so I'm, 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 it's great. I mean, that's the thing with like, with like a lot of businesses that have such a backlog and I bet in a way, a bit like myself, although I'm dreading going back to work next week, I'm kind of looking forward to just clearing the backlog and getting back to square one. And I'm sure they're the same. And uh, I've got a few things. I always buy the physical, as you know, I'd, um, I've got a few things waiting to come from them, like Susan's war and uh, a few other bits. I ordered the fourth doctor story. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting them in the post. The great thing about big finish is that they do give you the download whenever you buy anything from their website so it's been great really because although the actual physical thing is going to take a while to get to me you can you know as soon as it's released i can listen to it so it's it's, it's good really because you know it, it means i've got a little treat on the way if you like so i've already got it but the physical thing will be coming to me soon so yeah it's great news i'm very pleased that they're they're starting to get back into the swing of things because i still i still like the physical cd the shelf, the shelf goblins. <laughs> they are well. They are a bit. I mean, it's, it won't surprise you to hear that I am massively running out of space. But um, but yeah. So I, I'm a bit more selective actually now, which CDs I do get from Big Finish. I mean, I'd love to get the tortured ones, but again, it's just the room and the money and stuff. But yeah. Anyway, great news that they're they're back, back in the swing. Right. In other news, released this week, a beautiful. Um, vinyl from those guys. Is it Demon or Damon or how do you say it? Music. Demon, da- da- Damon Music, I think. Damon Music. Those guys uh, just love the covers on these. So the Underwater Menace vinyl, uh, which uh, come up for pre-order a few 
weeks back has, has been released this week. Uh, it comes on 240 gram volcanic eruption style vinyls. <laughs> they oh. look great. Um, again, I, I, I can never remember he does the artwork on these. I think it's a company rather than a person, but beautiful artwork on these. Um, I know a few people who got theirs. It was officially released on the Monday just gone. I'm still waiting for mine. Mine should be arriving any day now, hopefully. Um, just hope it arrives in good condition. I've seen a few people tweet pics of theirs that have arrived a bit damaged, which is a shame because they're so nice, these vinyls. I've got the previous ones. I've got Dalit Master Plan and um, the Zabi one and stuff. They're really, really nice. And this one's a bit thinner, a bit more priced a bit more reasonably because it's only two vinyls whereas the other ones have been quite big chunky box sets so i think this one's around about 25 24.99 to 26.99 you can get it around about that sort of price it's a bit more reasonably priced this one but it looks good doesn't it so this is obviously a second doctor story um half of it is missing uh, anyone who's got the dvd will tell you you have to watch the rest of it in dreadful quality telly snaps that the bbc insisted on uh, there's a whole story behind that go and have a look at it the bbc just had no interest in this release when it came out on the dvd so it's um it's not the easiest story to watch but i'd imagine listening to it might be a more pleasurable experience because it's um narrated by annika wills and uh yeah and obviously second doctor on on audio is always good fun so it's out now if, if you haven't got it pre-ordered already and you fancy it go and grab it they're normally quite limited these things they normally do two different versions as well, don't they? They normally do like a standard and an Amazon exclusive. And I'm quite pleased this time they've just done the volcanic eruption and that's it. That's There's no lot. sort yep. of, um, oh, which one should I get or whatever? Or, you know, have I got to order it from Amazon? No, you can get this from Amazon, uh, HMV.com. I think Zoom had it. So there's, there's a few places you can get this one. Yes. Yeah, it's out of stock at most places at the moment. Is it? Yeah. So Amazon are out of stock, but they're getting more in on the 14th of June, apparently. Oh, okay. And over on zoom.co.uk, they're completely sold out. So um, yeah, you won't be able to get it from those guys. But there's more stock coming, apparently. Um, but these are very cool, though. And it, it, it disappoints me that I didn't jump on the whole vinyl train early on because the, the artwork is all done, whoever they've got to do it, is all done by the same person. And mm. uh, it all matches really nicely. So Galaxy Four, uh, what's the other one? Destiny of the Daleks and the Web Planet. They all the, the artwork's all done by the same person or company. Yeah, but they all match, and it all looks really nice, and it's very cool. So yeah, I think they're available still as well. I think that Amazon have got a good deal actually over on their website. When you go onto the the page for the Underwater Menace, I'll put a link in the show notes to it. Underneath, Amazon always do this frequently bought together bundles. And um, for a hundred quid, ninety nine quid, oh, you can right. get this with Galaxy Four and the Web Planet, which is cool. And the Web Planet is the exclusive edition as well. Oh, nice! Yeah, but yeah, trust me. They, are, I guess say they are really, really good. When you, they're one of those things that when you these arrive in the post and you open them up and ah, oh, they just they just look so so good. Um, yeah, they are out of stock in a few places. I've just had a look. HV dot com have still showing it as in stock so and it's 24.99 from them which isn't too bad so oh, if yes. you want to grab it grab one yeah same as amazon 25 squids yeah cool cool beans introducing the fish people it says on the front great the fish so, people. they're quite iconic aren't they that i mean just the image on the front it looks it looks very uh, retro and iconic i love it yeah mm. it's good that's it yeah there we go so birch 
big finish. Warehouse is open. You're going to get your stuff and a, a swanky new volcanic eruption vinyl for the <laughs> underwater menace. Very cool. <clears throat> right, review time, bud. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Gosh, series six. Um, mm, series six. What do we think? <laughs> we do, we struggle a bit with series six, don't we? But I think um, it's interesting to to do this two parter. So this series six kicked off with the impossible astronaut and day of the moon. Whatever happens now, you do not interfere. Clear? I've been running faster than I've ever run, and I've been running my whole life. Now it's time for me to stop. We've been recruited. Something to do with space, 1969. And a man called Canton Everett, Delaware the third. Every day, whoever I am, I get a phone call. People can't just call you, Mr. President. Every day for the last two weeks. I'm scared, Mr. President. I'm scared of the space man. What the hell is that? It's non-terrestrial. Definitely alien. Please, President! Please help! Please help me! I'm sending my best people. We are not fighting an alien invasion. We're leading a revolution. And today the battle begins. You just saw an image of one of the creatures we're fighting. Describe it. They are everywhere. We saw hundreds of those things. We still don't know what they look like. It's like they edit themselves out of your memory as soon as you look away. The exact second you're not looking at them, you can't remember it. How long have they been here? As long as there's been something in the corner of your eye, or creaking in your house, or breathing under your bed, or voices through a wall. This world is ours! Who and what are you? Alien invasion may live here. This is an empire. America is occupied. Crikey Moses. What a trailer. What a trailer indeed. Yeah. Right then, The Impossible Astronaut. That first went out on the 23rd of April, 2011. It was written by The Mothball, directed <laughs> by uh, Toby Haynes. <laughs> and then Day of the Moon, uh, also written by The Mothball. That went out on the 30th of April, directed by Toby Haynes. Starring at this time, The Eleventh Doctor, Matt Smith, with Amy Rory. And uh, and River pops up in this one. And the, uh, the storyline is that they are, they've been summoned by the doctor uh, which takes them to utah and uh, the doctor gets killed in front of them and then starts like a full-on what the bloody hell's happening here kind of storyline where they're along with them trying to figure out what's happening with the doctor and due to river's instruction about you know we can't tell him about his his supposed death and all the rest of it they're trying to figure that out. And then on the way, they have to sort of uncover what's happening with this strange space girl, little girl, uh, contacting the president of the of America at the time, Nixon. And he uh, summons 
Canton. Very long name, Canton Everett Delaware the third to have a look at it. And they kind of get uh, nowhere, really. And then when we get on to Day of the Moon, we see that Canton is pursuing Amy and Rory and the Doctor across the whole the whole world while the Doctor's been locked up. And we f- think, what the again, what the bloody hell's going on here? But it turns out it's a bit of a ruse. He just wanted to get them all into the into the the impenetrable prison so that they could jump in the TARDIS and go off and, and find out what's going on about the silence, which is like the the main monster in this, and also for series six, to be honest with you. So they were mentioned, they were references to them back in series five, but now we full-on see what's going on with those guys. Um, and then also, once they solve and find out what's going on with the silence, they then have to try and figure out what's going on with the little girl in the spacesuit, which I think we find out later on in series six that gets revealed who that is and whatnot. Mm. So two part of dudes to kick off series six. What are you saying on this one? Yeah. Um, so, well, I mean, series six is not a series I go back to very often and I'm, it's quite possible when I was watching this again last night, I don't even know if I've watched this two part since it aired. Um, if I have, it was possibly only once since it's not one I've seen very often. Um, so if you'd asked me before I watched it, what do I remember about this two part? I, I would say um, I was confused the first time I watched it, even by the end of it, I didn't really know what had happened. I remember it being quite messy, uh, quite hard to follow. Um, but there are certain visuals from this that even though I've only seen it once, possibly twice, there are certain visuals that just, stay in my mind very vividly there are things from this this two part that really stay with you i think right from the get-go so watching this again i was like i didn't go into it expecting a lot I, I, if anything i was just hoping i might understand the story more watching it again and uh, i certainly did understand it a little bit more i do think it's a quite a confusing story in terms of the way it's told um it's very typical stephen moffat but he's really trying to be um He's really going for it in this. I mean, it's grand in scale. It looks fantastic production-wise. It's, uh, I mean, just visually brilliant. Um, and I actually really enjoyed it this time. I think the first time I watched it, I was just so confused by it all um, that it just didn't really gra- grab me at all. It's not one I've sort of been wanting to particularly revisit. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, it is confusing. I still think it feels a little unrewarding, I think, in many ways, because it throws out so many questions, so many questions, even in the first five minutes. It's, uh, you know, I get think, sitting there just imagine Moffat writing this. And I, the, you know, I've, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Moffat. I really have. I, I really do like Stephen Moffat. I just, you know, just despite all his flaws, he's he's really um, goes for it, really. Do you know what I mean? He just goes for it, right or wrong. And I just get thinking, where is he going with this? Like, what is going on in his mind while he's writing all these scenes and there is so many questions in this two part and i think that my only real problem with it is that you sit through two 45 minute episodes and by the end of it you don't get an awful lot of answers so you sort of expect by the end of part two that you might you know been thrown a few more breadcrumbs i think and actually what you get in part two is even more questions like when amy goes into the room and she's looking at the photographs and there's one of her with a baby and you know, madam, whatever her name is, appearing in the doorway. And so I'm thinking, blimey neck, we've already got a, a load of unanswered questions. Now part two, we're getting even more. 
and you don't get a lot of answers by the end of part two. And although I enjoyed watching them both, I found that a little, I found that a little uh, annoying, really. It doesn't feel very rewarding in that sense because you have to wait really right to the end of series six and on to sort of get a complete picture. And I, in many ways, I like that because I love the fact that Moffat's got this grand plan and he sat down and he thought, right, this is what I want to do. But I don't know. I think, I think it throws a lot at you and you don't get a lot back after the two parts. Um, so I find that a bit frustrating, but I did enjoy it. I did think it was a very good watch. I thought the cast were brilliant in it. I really, even River, I mean, I'm not River's biggest fan. I don't hate her. I don't love her. I just find her a bit inconsistent. I do quite like her, really, but I find she can be a bit annoying at times. But I thought she was great in this. Really, really liked River in this. I mean, she absolutely kicks ass in that end scene where she's shooting them all. I love I thought she was really good in it, and I think she works well with Smith. So, yeah, I found it an enjoyable watch. A, a, still a confusing watch, but I did enjoy it. I thought it was a good, good, very interesting uh, starter to Series 6. Will have confused the hell out of um, the casual viewer, though. I mean, I think this is perhaps the point where Moffat started to lose people a bit, to be honest with you, like the casual viewer, you know, because it's certainly not a standalone story, is it? Even after two parts, it's... You know, it's not one that you could just say to your, <laughs> your mate, oh, can, you know what, Doctor Who, I'll come and watch this, you'll love this, because they'll be sat there going, what the blimmin' heck's going on? Um, so I think this might be the point where maybe some people drifted off a little bit in terms of the casual viewer, but yeah, but I suppose rewarding for the long-time viewer, yeah. So it is getting a thumbs up from me, mate. Yeah, it is getting a thumbs up. Just a bit of a bewildered thumbs up. <laughs> just a typical, <laughs> Moffat, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I'll read you. Yeah. yeah, what do you think? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, Series 6, eh? <laughs> series, six. series 6. Series 6, strange one. Yeah. No, I agree with pretty much everything you said, dude. I think, yeah, um, yeah I think uh, it's, it's a great watch, don't get me wrong. It's uh, uh, it, This was when they were really pushing the whole, you know, let's make uh, story stuff aside. This was mm-hmm. the whole, right, let's make... Doctor Who just look amazing. And it really did look. When we get into series six, they started to really up the cinematography and locations oh, yeah. and stuff. And yeah, it was really, really cool from that respect. And in really enjoyable, like in terms of just sitting down and watch watching an episode or two episodes of Doctor Who. Really, really good. And you and you and I have mentioned on here and also on socials and stuff over the last year, I suppose, that every single time we watch a Matt Smith story he just increasingly goes higher and higher and higher up the list oh, of... I, lo- I like, love him, mate. You know, like I love best. Smith as a doctor. Yeah, he's just unbelievable sometimes. And uh, Yeah. So from that respect, it was great. It was really cool. And Amy's a little bit better from, you know, in Series 6. She's not as... She got a bit weird, uh, slightly unlikable at times throughout mm. as we got to the end of Series 5. But they did a not so much of a reset, but her attitude just seems different from this from these ones onwards and uh, a bit more likable and Rory's just Rory. I love Rory. Yeah. <laughs> so from that respect it was great. The only thing I think I've got the same gripes as you really in terms of the the moth I mean this is really where the moth cranks up the whole I don't want to do just single isolated stories. I want the storyline to just branch across all of series 6. Mm. So you've got to be in it for the long game. And what was more frustrating about that than anything is that this was the series where they did that mid-series break 
Yeah. Do you remember? That's right. So uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So we got to the end of whatever it was, and then it was off. It was off TV, wasn't it? For about three months, I think it was. I can't remember, Something but like yes, that. they yeah definitely had a break in the middle. Three or yeah. four months. And you had to. We, we weren't going to get the next one until later on in the year. So along with this whole, well, what the hell's going on? With the, the, these questions that are unanswered when you get to the end of these episodes, <laughs> because you had this big arc that was there. You thought, that's okay, as we roll through, we'll get these answers. But then I just stopped it halfway through and you're like, crikey. Now we've got to wait until however long. So that was frustrating. So in one way, in, in one way, I've got a lot of respect for the moth because in his mind, he's just like, well, um, you know, I've got this, like you said, this grand master plan that's uh that's in my head and that really started with um with right right back in the 11th hour the very first episode of matt smith remember prisoner zero he said to the doctor back then that silence will fall yeah well i'd forgotten until we got the flashback scenes in this i'd forgotten that to be honest yeah yeah and then a few episodes back in the pandora opens Mm. we heard it again silence will fall so right back when he took over writing for doctor who he had this plan about the silence in his head and dropped little nuggets of it right back then. So in that way, you think, crikey, you know, this is amazing. Like this big interconnected story arc that was in his head that he's that he's teased a little bit and nobody knew at all what he was going on about. So back in mm-hmm. the 11th hour, because everybody was so hyped up for a new doctor and we were so focused on how brilliant Matt Smith was for his first episode you didn't really pay attention to someone saying silence will fall. You just didn't, you just didn't link it to anything. Yeah. But it in seemed the, like a throwaway line. Yeah, almost. Yeah. But in the moth said, he's thinking, you'll see, mm-hmm. you'll see. And then we get to series six. And then, like I said, he really cranks up the whole, you know, I want to do a big arc. So I respect him for that. But at the same time, I remember when I first watched through series six, I, I did think at various times, like this is just too heavy. Like the, the, I think the way that we phrased it in the past is that sometimes series six just buckles under its own weight, like the yeah. pressure of everything. Once you get through it, it's a relief to get through it. When mm-hmm. you get to the end of series six, you think, thank God for that. Even then there is still stuff that's unanswered. There's a couple of things, but at least you think like, right, I know who the little girl was in the spacesuit, And I know what happened with the doctor being killed on the beach. Um, now I guess we have a decision to make, dude. We're assuming that the vast majority of our listeners have seen series six. Yeah. But just to, in case you haven't, if you're a newbie that's jumps on in case you haven't, a couple of spoilers coming up for what happens in series six. So just be aware. Um, yeah. So we find out at the end that it wasn't the doctor that was killed on the beach, uh, by the girl in the spacesuit. It was the, um, the 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 android robot version, the Tesselector version of the. Do- so at the time, like you said, if you're a casual viewer and you've just dropped into Doctor Who, like, dude, you should watch Doctor Who. It's starting again. It's a new series. You'll love it. All right, cool. <laughs> and at the end of it, you're just sending a text to your mate, like, "What have you done to me? I've now got like brain freeze. <laughs> I don't know what's going on." So for the casual viewer. And the, if, if you're a newbie to Doctor Who, this is the first time you've watched it, you're screwed. 
you are completely you are. screwed. Not just in a little bit. Like in some episodes, if you're a casual viewer, you're like, okay, I got most of it. There was a couple of lines that the Doctor dropped in that I assume is a reference to something else that I don't get yet. But for the most part, I got it. The, this These two parters, you got no hope. You've got no, no hope, mate. I was actually, I remember the first time I watched this, or the maybe the only time I can't remember, I was staying with my aunt and uncle down in Cornwall. We'd, me and partner had gone down to, to have a little few days away, and they were like, yeah, come and stay with us. We, you know, we've got a spare room, so it's lovely. Um, and I remember saying, oh, I hope you don't mind, but I would like to watch Doctor Who. They know I'm a big fan. They're like, oh, no, oh, you still, oh, that's still on, is it? And I remember them sitting there... <laughs> <laughs> just being absolute well it was only for the first part i think we i don't remember watching the second part with them but um i just remember you know looking at them thinking oh my god this is you know you feel awkward where sometimes when you're watching with someone else don't you like there are some episodes where you just think no i need to be on my own to just take this in. you don't want that sort of awkwardness with someone asking questions all the way through and i kept thinking oh it's such a shame that um <laughs> we're not on episode three because we were literally uh five minutes their house was five minutes from where they filmed the curse of the black spot you know the boat that they used in that and i remember my uncle saying oh i'll take you down there later i'll show you because i obviously you know with the internet we knew we'd already seen pictures of what was coming up so i knew that it'd been filmed there and stuff so i went and got a load of pictures of that boat obviously if i'd known how bad the episode was going to be i probably wouldn't have bothered but uh, <laughs> but yeah but being sat there with my aunt and uncle um i mean they 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 weren't bothered because they're not doctor who fans really but it, it is that awkwardness of like they're sat there thinking, what on earth is this? You know, <laughs> um, there's probably some episodes, you know, maybe from the tenant era where they had to watch it and said, oh, that was quite good. But I think we just switched off and didn't talk about it for the rest of the day. And maybe that's why in my head I haven't really gone back to it, because I think when you sort of watch the episode and it doesn't click or whatever, you don't really gravitate towards going back to rewatch it. But um, I think that's why it was good this time. I watched it on my own and just watched both parts back to back and, really got you know absorbed in the story and i tried very hard to follow what was going on this time because you know it, it is a bit all over the place i think in terms of the story yes mm. but yeah yeah, yeah not yeah. one for the casual view of this well i don't think yeah it is i think for the most part i mean series six overall there are some good standalone stories that you don't necessarily need to know what's going on mm. so the next one across so the curse of the black spot the pirate space pirates yeah that's an isolated one and then the doctor's wife to a degree the rebel flesh ones uh, yeah night terrors that's what I mean. if you we'd know. have been watching the curse of the black spot it would have been perfect because you know they would have said oh that's the boat art yeah i know that where they filmed that and they would have the story was fairly easy to follow from what i remember it just wasn't very good yeah. but that's the sort that's what i mean that sort of story you could just plonk on and somebody could probably follow that easy enough but yeah not yeah. so much this one but um Again, when I'm on my own, I don't mind that. I kind of like that. It's kind of is rewarding because you sort of, it's the the script is sharp enough to keep you involved, even though it's complicated. I found myself making note of there was some really good humour in it. You know, the moth's great at writing humour a lot of the time. I did slightly worry at the beginning as well because the moffat <laughs> he sometimes goes a little bit kinky. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure if that's the right word, but there are sometimes when I just worry that he's going to cross the line. He never does, but he sometimes gets a bit close to it. And I was slightly worried in the first sort of few minutes where the doctor's hiding up that woman's skirt. And I was thinking, oh, Moffat, control yourself. You know, Here we there's, go. A, there's a couple of bits like that. Yeah. 
No, I read you there's a bit where River's uh, going down into the sewer. Uh, Yes, that's it. What does she say? I'm quite the screamer or something. Yes, I'm quite the screamer. She gives a real sort of saucy look and the doctor's, "Mm," you know. Yeah, Yeah, there's a couple of moments where I could see them. I could just imagine the Moffat writing it and just chuckling to himself in his little, you know, little dirty laugh but um yeah i think there's only a couple of moments like that but it's the wine yeah, it's just mate. it's right at the start of it and i thought oh i'd forgotten that there's this side of moffat <laughs> you know it's the wine be a bit naughty for sure yeah all the bits that are like spacey and time travelly and all that lot that's when he's completely sober 10 o'clock in the morning is at his desk all the saucy bits are on his notepad at 11 o'clock at night with a bottle of like two bottles down. Yeah. Wine stain around the page. Yeah. <laughs> but when, when he's, when he gets it, when he gets it right, I mean, he, he, his dialogue is pretty sharp and I tell you when he hits, when he hits the humor, right, I think he's great at writing and also he's good at um, emotion. Sometimes there's quite a heartbreaking scene where Rory is listening to Amy and he doesn't know whether she's talking about the doctor or him. I found that quite sad. I was thinking, Oh no, it sounds like she's, it sounds like Rory's just overheard her say she, you know, really loves the Doctor. But it turns out, you know, he's got it all wrong. They knew that but, he was listening, yeah. Yeah, so um, there's a couple of really nice emotional scenes like that. So the, when the Moffat gets the writing right, he's he's bang on, I think. And it is quite a sharp script in amongst all the confusion. There's some great dialogue between the characters, some really fun dialogue as well, some lovely moments. I, I particularly like the scene where the Doctor's, saying, yeah, I'm just going to make the TARDIS invisible and he presses the wrong thing and River goes, I'll just do that for you. And I thought that was a really nice moment. All those scenes of her actually, you know, doing all the stuff and him not having a clue, um, I thought worked very well. I think the yes. cast worked brilliantly together in this. I really do. As I said, I'm not River's biggest fan, but I do like her. But I think she's great in it. I think she she really um, bounces off Matt quite well, I think. She does, actually, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I think the... River's a funny one because she some, is. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes she annoys me and other times I really like her. Exactly that. Yeah. Sometimes she's written and she's very, uh, very cocky and forward and stuff. And that's all fine. But sometimes it's just a bit much. It's like, okay. So I'm glad that we have, we've had river in small doses, I suppose. Yeah. 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 I mean, as I said, I did like that end scene when she was really kicking off and, um, but she turns and says, cause again, at this point we don't know who river is. So there's another mystery. The doctor asked her a few times, why doesn't she just say, um, so you got that mystery. Who are you? Why, how does she know the doctor and the doctor doesn't know her? And, they delve into it a bit more by saying they're going in and meeting in opposite directions, which is a a great idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah. does my head in, makes my brain hurt a little bit when I think about that too much because I'm not sure how that actually works. But it's a fantastic idea. Um, but I remember thinking at the time we might have got the answer because she's when she kills all the silence, she says, "Oh, good job, my old fella didn't see that or something." Yeah. So you think, oh, so hang on, does is she? Is she telling us she's the doctor's wife? Wife or something. Yeah. yeah. So there was that little thing. Of course, we know now that's, hang on. Well, we don't. We still don't know. I don't know. I don't want to delve too much into that. But again, there's another little breadcrumb for the viewer, which may yeah. or not be true, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah, there was that bit at the end. I mean, this goes back to, so Alex Kingston plays this really well in this two-parter. I think she plays River really well. because I think so, yeah. Because when River's just full on uh, kind of innuendos and one-liners and stuff, it does get a bit much after a while. Mm. 
even though she's playing it very well. In this one, though, we see like the other end of the scale as well. Like there's a couple of scenes where she's really, you can tell that she knows what's coming Mm. because of that storyline you mentioned with them going opposite directions. She knows exactly what's down the road. And you can see that that kills her. That really tears her apart because there's a couple of times where she's talking to, I think it's either Amy or I think it's Rory. Rory, yeah. And uh, she, she does allude to that. And then there's right at the end when she plants a big old snog on the doctor when she goes back to prison. <laughs> and he doesn't know why she's kissed him. He's just like, oh, okay. That was, you know, he's just bewildered by it. And she's yeah. gutted because she's like, why, why did you act that way? Like all the times we've done that before, which then alludes, uh, alludes a bit more to the fact that, okay, so they were a couple, obviously, at some point. And uh, it kills her. You can see that it just uh, it breaks her heart when he looks at her in a way that's like a stranger looks at somebody or you've only just met or something. Yeah. So the way she plays that, though, is really, really good. It, yeah, you know. I think she balanced the humour and, and the action stuff pretty well. And um, as I said, I think she works well with Matt's matt's doctor there's quite a lot of scenes in this i really liked i think that's the other thing even though at times i wasn't 100 percent understanding what was going on there's lots of scenes i liked in it I, I i love the bit where the matt um very early on he's being quite jovial in the tardis and he's like right, i'm gonna drop you off and then he just sits down and he suddenly flips to really serious mm-hmm. in the blink of an eye they're like right what is going on? And he talks to them individually, but the, the way that Matt acts that scene is, is done so well, the way he just, because it shows that the doctor, his doctor very often portrays this persona of being happy all the time. And then he just cuts out all the BS. And it's like, right, let's get down to them. What's going on? And I think Matt's really good at that. Tenen was good at it as well. I think he, you know, often sort of showed that there was a lot of sadness underneath all his bravado, bravado and stuff. Um, but I, I, there were scenes like that with Matt, which I just thought, oh, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I could gush on for hours about how much I love Matt as the Doctor. Um, and he's superb in the story. He, he handles the action well, does the humour brilliantly. Um, he's really good at the sort of emotional moments as well. The awkwardness with River, like you said, with the kiss and stuff. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a great, great Doctor. Uh, he's, he, this is the sort of story that's made for him, isn't he? When he's in the Oval Office, he's like, right, I want this, that, and 20 Jammy Dodgers right now. And you can just see he's having the time of his life. He is. Yeah, that's such you know? a great scene as well when he yeah. first arrives in the office and he's creeping around. They don't know he's yes, there and yes. he's quietly getting his notepad out. And Oh, I love it. I just, yeah. yeah. All yeah. that stuff's great. And like you said, it's perfect for him. So that's that's another thing that was good about about Moff was he knew how to write for Matt Smith. Yes, I think he did. Definitely, yes. yeah. Yep. Because yep. there are just certain scenes where he's, yeah, like you said, he's having a time of his life. He's read the script and he's like, this is amazing. I know exactly what I'm going to do with this. And then he just, like we said many times, even from the 11th hour onwards, he's just like exploded onto the screen as the Doctor with no warm-up, nothing. He's just been his version of the Doctor from day one. So when you get to stories like this where we've already gone through the whole character building and we know what's going on with the companions and uh, not so much him finding his feet, but he's really kind of settled into the range of it all. So mm. he's not uh, he's not OTT with the with the comedy and stuff, but he also does the sad bits and the angry bits really well. And the, the little bits as well that relieve from what's going on are really nice between him and River. So there's bits where he's doing stuff 
and she's like, I really hate him sometimes. And he's like, yeah, Oh yeah, I love him. Yeah, he's yeah. like, No, you he don't. He really winds <laughs> her up. Yeah, yeah. So you can tell that every, everybody's everybody's on on form, if you like, because the script is so good. And that's one thing, or however much we've we've bashed them off over the years. Like you said, when he gets it right, when he gets those those character interactions right, and the script is sharp, it's um, yeah, moments like those are brilliant. You're right. He does know how to write Matt's Doctor very well, and Matt knows how to. They they work as a very good team. I think Matt Smith and Stephen Moffat. He writes them well, and Matt performs the humour and stuff very very well. Was it? Uh, yeah, that scene where he's like, "You're the the legs, the nose, and Mrs. Robinson," and River's like, "Oh, I'm gonna why I order." You know, little moments like that, um, just delivered brilliantly. But yeah, the, the script is pretty sharp. I have to say, from Moffat in terms of the the dialogue is um really whips along and it's got humor in the right places it's quite scary in places there i mean there are a couple of scenes in this where i was thinking well if i was a if i was a kid right now i'd be pretty scared to be honest i mean there's some really creepy moments in this um and it's weird because they're they're all about atmosphere as well it's not like you're seeing anything particularly gruesome it's not horror or gore it's suspense there's some really suspenseful horror moments in this which i think have done really really well they are, you know, i mean the yeah. silence are a great a great invention aren't they by the moth they're a really great um monster i suppose if you want to call them that they look good they're scary as hell the whole sucking in of the and that whole thing is just weird uh but it's scary i, I think they're a really good invention the silence i just can't remember how they t- is that See, I've got a feeling that this is the problem. A lot of the stuff that I love that's set up, I have a feeling it just gets tarnished later on. I have a feeling that the wrap-up with the Tesseract, or whatever they're called, is a bit rubbish from what I remember. The silence, don't they turn out to be just a bit nothing? I mean, This is the thing. I think when I go back and watch the series, all the bits I love kind of get ruined later on <laughs> um, from memory. I mean, it's so long since I've really watch these i could be wrong yeah. but you don't the silence just turn out to be like some guardians or something rubbish well they were they were a church when they? they were a religious oh group. right yeah yeah they were they were set up by the um by the two so who's the 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 woman with the eye not patch? Tasha lamb is it oh no the one with the eye patch yeah uh, her uh, is it madame kavarian madame, yeah yeah so her and tasha lem those two set up the the it's just called the church the church forces um because the, the tasha lem she's something to do with the mainframe the papal mainframe something like that and it all links into what happens to the doctor or, or what was going to happen to the doctor on trends and it was That's all it. about that thing around remember the moth wrote in this little side story around uh it's always just called the question or the first yeah. question you know like the oldest yeah. question in the universe which links to if the doctor reveals or answers that question, then that also links into this, which is like if the do- doctor answers the oldest question in the universe that must never be answered, then silence would fall and all that stuff. So it, it all links into that, which is kind of genius in a way because, yeah, you know, the moth's creating up. this whole other world of stuff that's happening and going on. But I, I noticed that, that he started to set up this whole Doctor Who thing uh, isn't he? I've noticed that there was a couple of points in this two-parter where 
it's actually said, isn't it? Doctor Who, who is he and all this sort of thing. So he started to already lay, you know, um, that the foundations down for that story arc, which um, kind of goes a bit nowhere. I remember at the time we were really worried that the Moffat was going to reveal the Doctor's name and take away the mystery and all that, weren't we? I remember that was a big thing at the time, he, which thankfully he doesn't, thank goodness. Um, yeah. That's the sort of thing Chibnall might do. <laughs> uh, actually, I've got to bring it up. I've got to bring it up. Here now. we go. And I don't want to get too much into this, but I just need to know your opinion on it. Because we talked about it last week. I hate to keep going back to it, but it's got, got to be asked. The timeless child thing. So in this, the doctor's uh, shot in mid-regeneration, so he can't regenerate. He's dead because he's been shot midway through regeneration. Now, how does this play into the timeless child thing? Because I thought that she could be killed over and over again. And Well, it doesn't because that's not really the doctor. So it's not really the doctor. So the tester, why is the tester actor regenerating then? Uh, well, I'm I'm not sure on. Well, that's that's a little bit of a. <laughs> you know, I come to you for all the important answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah, that, that, that's a, a big question actually, because mm. the do you remember the episode later on where uh, is it? Let's kill Hitler. Yes. Yeah, where they where the um, there's like a whole team of people that are like controlling these android bodies and stuff. Uh, I think. They're oh, called, um, t- is it? Um... You know which one I mean. I know the story, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. I mean, let's go Hitler. I haven't watched that for years. So the could be that one, yeah. Yeah, so the Doctor is in... The Doctor that we see at the beginning of this episode and the one that gets shot on the beach. He's inside it. Uh, Well, he's not inside it. He's just, you know, it's just an android, basically, a robot. Yeah, I thought it... I said, I'll have to watch it again. I thought it zoomed into the eye and he was inside the little computer or something. I don't know. Oh, he might have been. Yeah. I can't remember. Is that the wedding of Riversong? Is that where we get the reveal to this? Yes, it is. Yeah, right at the end. Yeah. See, now yeah. I definitely have only ever watched that once. Now I really must go back and rewatch it, but I've only watched that when it went out. So my memories of sort of like how this all ties up are really vague. Yeah. Um, we haven't reviewed it, have we? Not yet. Nope. No, so we've got that to come. That, and I'll tell you another story I've only ever watched once, which is quite a biggie, and I've been looking forward to reviewing it, is the... Matt's last one. Is it the time of the Doctor? Yes, the time, yeah. Yeah, I've only watched that once and I was absolutely smashed. It was on Christmas Day and I hated <laughs> it so much I've never gone back to it. But I was so drunk that I really need to give that another go. Um, well, but I was literally, oh, yeah, I've never gone back to watch that. I think if you're drunk, I think these stories can make a bit more sense, if I'm being honest. I just <laughs> remember sitting there going, why is guy? I, yeah. I, it was, I had to, you know, it's like one of those things I got in Christmas Day. I'd had quite a lot of drinks. I'd been around my folks. And I was like, oh, I need to watch Doctor Who now. Oh, it was half 11. No, I've got to watch it. You know, I'm not waiting till tomorrow. and putting it on and just sitting there going, what's going on? <laughs> and wooden <laughs> Cyberman, why is he in it? Like, why, the, why, why is he talking through the wall? And so, yeah, I'm very, it's amazing how, that I can remember so much considering how drunk I would have been. But I've never gone back to rewatch it because I just remember not enjoying it. But yeah, that's going to throw up some interesting questions as well. <laughs> yeah, well, it all branches off into other stuff as well. So mm-hmm. late, like fast forward in time when we get to—is it the day of the Doctor? The malt? No. What's the What's the one where uh, the Time Lords are? Um, they They come through the through the crack in the wall. Hmm. Is it that one? No, no, sorry. It's when the Time Lords get put into a pocket universe at the end of the Time War. Yeah. That's Day of the Doctor, isn't it? Where they 
freeze it in a slight little pocket. Yeah. So it links back to this, doesn't it? So the question that this, the whole series six and everything sets up that connects with the silence is like, um, is actually a, the answer to the question is actually a code word that would allow the, the time Lords to come back from the, the pocket universe that they set up at the end of the time or in the day of the doctor. I don't know. I don't know how the Moffat sleeps at night. His brain must be just absolutely. How does he keep all these strands in his head? Just don't know how he does it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> must just mate. be lying yeah. there thinking, oh, yeah, I know what I'm going to do now. That's <laughs> what I mean. If you've had a few beers, <laughs> it's, it's cool. fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what did you think to um, uh, sort of the. So, obviously, the silence are very cool. They look scary. Yeah, they do look good. I, I've only ever had one problem with the silence, though, because I think they look fantastic love the suit it kind of looks wet and i don't know they're just mm. the look of them is brilliant that my only problem is is the fingers always look so rubbery <laughs> don't they? they they're are. too long they need they should have made them a bit thicker rubber or something because they always look very rubbery the figures but yeah they do look brilliant i love the design of the silence yeah do you know what, the, the only time i actually noticed that really is when at the end when river does that really cool when she shoots them all up yes and she's like spinning around shooting them all as as they do the slow mo bit at the end, you see one of them fall to the ground, and you see its hand fall onto the onto the ground, and you, yeah, you can see like this big rubbery the fingers just like wobbling away. Love, actually, well, now, well, you've mentioned that, so I don't forget. So the the silence control room that looks like a bit like a TARDIS in a way. That's so that we saw that in Craig's. That was upstairs in Craig's room in the lodger, the wasn't lodger. it? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Again, is that a little throwback? Because that was another thing. I remember, I quite like the Lodger episode, but I remember thinking, well, who, what was the upstairs about? So had the silence been up there? And Because it doesn't really get specifically explained, does it? It's just kind of like, oh, I've seen one of these before, the Doctor says. And I guess that's a reference to in Craig's room. But Yes, yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit of a throwaway, that. A little mm. bit, yeah. So the silence were in Craig's room. Uh, is that the Lodger? Uh, the Lodger, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, anyway, yeah. Yeah, what's his name? Um, he plays Craig. What's he called? Uh, that guy. And Gavin and Stacey. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah, the guy that's now American. What's his name? <laughs> James Corden. James Corden. There we go. Yeah. The yeah. ah, silence. I mean, it's another good credit. You've got, you've got to give Moff some credit for that because along with the Weeping Angels as well, he's created some pretty scary, pretty... Um, it's just the know. concept is brilliant yeah. as well. I mean, they, they look great, but this thing of... Um, as soon as you turn away, you forget them. Absolutely great That's idea. That's brilliant, man. He seem, then, yeah. yeah, go on. He seems to have a knack for that. So with mm. the Weeping Angels, when you don't look at them, something's happening. And it's like the opposite with these, isn't it? Like when you're looking yeah. at them, your, your, your brain's like, holy crap, there's an alien there and it looks scary. And then you turn away, like the opposite to the Weeping Angels, and then something happens. It's, it's genius, really. It is brilliant. I, the only thing is, I'm thinking, so if you're going to mark yourself, if you're going to mark yourself every time you see one, you, you probably wouldn't do your face. That's the only thing I would say. Like, you know, use your arm first. Because <laughs> there's bits first, where yeah. Amy's got marks all over her face. I'm thinking, oh, why would you do that? <laughs> but visually, it looks good, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great creation, really good idea. I mean, you know, I kept waiting for Amy to find the picture on her phone as well, and she never does, does she? Because she manages to take a photo of it on on a on her old phone. Well, it would have probably been new then. Oh but yeah. yeah. She never, cause I kept thinking, oh, she's going to open that phone in a minute. So, Oh look, here it is. But I don't think she ever does. Does she? Think, not in this, not in these stories anyway. I don't think. No, no. no. 
It was good. Um, yeah, so they're a great creation. and um, They are good, yeah. yeah and it's, uh, I would like to see them come back, you know, because although we, th- we think that they're, that they're, they're history after River just, you know, there's, there's obviously more of them because I think the Doctor alludes to it as well in another future story. He mm. says, there's just one line, he says something like, the silence are still out there or they're still doing something or whatever. So they are there. They've not been wiped out completely. So it would be cool see them come back yeah no I'd, I'd definitely like to see them i think they i think they work really really well they're creepy as hell yeah a bit of jody action and some silence mm. that'd be cool she'd be a good up against them actually yeah mm. that'd work well yeah yeah it's quite grand on scale this story isn't it like you said about the locations i mean right from the get-go you know all the stuff in america and the grand canyon stuff with rory it looks it's had some money spent on it isn't it the the, the bbc obviously had a you know um quite a lot of faith in them off it he's, he's gone yeah. some of the scripts so look we need to go and film this and visually it looks brilliant and direction's really really good but you know the whole story is quite grand when you think about it you know the white house and the sets look brilliant um i love even the little bits at the start where the doctor's in the lauren hardy film a lovely touch that was you oh, know, yeah. trying to get their attention yeah. and things like that so there's so much going on in it um do you think it gets a bit crowded is it a bit like the moffat's throwing in everything in the kitchen sink or do you think he gets the balance right? Because I think it just about gets it myself, but there are moments when I think, particularly part two, I think starts to get, there's quite a lot thrown in, I think. Um, the pregnancy and... Yeah, I think, yeah, like I said earlier, series six, for me at times, feels like it's just too heavy. Too heavy, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there, there, is, there is the odd standalone story, which is cool. And it only mentions like the the over the, the, the story arc but really lightly you know it doesn't dive into it at all it might just be like a one-liner or something but mm-hmm. overall yeah i think i don't know he, it, he was just really sort of really going for it in terms of like uh i, I really need you guys to just really concentrate on series six as a whole story if you can do that then it's going to be great once you get to the end of it so, you know, so from that perspective, it's like, yeah, he threw everything at it. But mm. at, the, at the same time, it's like, oh, God, it's just... And also, as you're watching through Series 6, if you were doing a watch, like a whole Series 6 watch through, mm. there, there would be times where you thought, I, I just need something that I don't have to concentrate so hard on to watch, you know? I think it feels to me like Stephen Moffat was absolutely just brimming with ideas that's what i get from it just series six is just filled with so many ideas it almost feels like you said like it, it sort of crushes a bit under its own weight where i almost feel like i wish he had taken some of the elements out and kept them for the next series rather rather than trying to cram everything into into series six because i think that's the thing with series five you get a really nice balance of you know the the story arc in that i think works really well i really like series five whereas this it does just feel like he's like Oh, you know, you can just imagine just all this stuff coming out of his head. Oh, yes, let's get that in. And that's a good idea. And there is some brilliant ideas, but I just think some of the execution is is too much. And um, it would have been great if he could have just <laughs> spread it out a little bit. Because I think he said himself, by the time he was writing um, Twice Upon a Time and, you know, some of that, he was sort of like, oh, I'm out of ideas. I really like, you know, <laughs> I haven't got a lot more to give and stuff like that at the moment. Yeah, I can imagine he was just exhausted at the end of Series 6. So, like, he got everything out of the system and, oh, what do I do now? Which is why I think when we get to Series 10, we get back to the real 
simple, you know, Stephen Moffat's gone back to just the really sim- simple storytelling uh, that worked so well, I think, for Series yeah. 10. So I don't know, it just feels like he's getting a lot out of his system in Series 6. <laughs> yeah. There's also the fact that he was he was growing a lot more confident as well. Mm. So in the, in the watch-alongs that have been happening over the last couple of months, there was one exchange between him and Russell T. Davis where he did say, I got really power hungry at times. Mm. I just thought like, I'm the man, you know, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm running the show literally. So I'm just going to just do whatever I want for a while. And if that means that things get a bit convoluted or what, you know, whatever, that's fine because I'm sent, I'm telling you that's what we're doing. So I imagine the guys at the BBC were like, okay, series, series five has done really well. The, the reception to Matt Smith has been brilliant and everything. This it guy broke knows America, didn't it? Finally got yeah, a, exactly, a, a yeah. decent American audience. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. Off you go, mate, go and mm-hmm. pretty much do what you want. So yeah, I think at times he, he might have felt a bit like, should I be doing this? Yeah. Sod it. I can do what I want basically. Mm. Actually, it just reminded me he's finally left Twitter. I don't know if you saw his tweet. Shut it down. Yeah. Oh, he's like, right, it's time to go. I'm like, no, don't leave us, Stephen. Don't go. But he's gone. Uh, he'll be back. He's got to come back. <laughs> but yeah, sad to see because I've I've loved having him on on Twitter again. It's been great, but, hasn't it? Yeah. I think there's we've that's it now, isn't it, for those watch and tweet alongs? I think that's the I last think that's one. It. Yeah. We're all going back to normality They've again. Yeah. Cool. What a crazy few months yeah. it's been. Um, what's I going to say about the mothball? The ball. Um, the ball of moth. <laughs> the moth burger. The ball of um, one thing I was uh, did love to see as well, um, I always love it when it's on screen, just because I've been there, and I think you've been there, uh, is Eddie's Diner. Hey, Ed I've is not, been diner been I've not been there. Have you not? I didn't go there, no. I thought you had. No, no. I mean, you, well, you, you can't go now because it's, it's sadly shut down, but yeah, it gets some, obviously it's supposed, you know, it's in, the real location was in Cardiff, but it's... Mm. Um, Supposed to be out in, uh, is it Utah they're in? Utah, I think, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so I just loved it because I was like, I remember um, obviously they're sat at table 11 and, you know, when you go there you have to try and sit at table 11 where they were. And, um, yeah, there were people sat here and I remember sitting there for ages going, oh, when are they going to move so I can get a photo at table 11? So in the end I had to just go and stand next to them very awkwardly. <laughs> I've got the most awkward photo of me stood with these four strangers sat at that table, um, just looking at the table, like not, you know, and me stood in front of it. Cause they've still got the, the painting that's on the wall above that booth is, is, was still there. So you, you know, it was like, it's exactly as it is in the, in the show, but Oh, Edis dynamite was great. The Elvis door, <laughs> all that stuff. It's, Oh, just because it's been in Doctor a few times. Obviously, it appears in a couple of Capaldi stories, doesn't it? Is is it Clara's diner? As yeah, well, she's I a waitress, isn't she? In in one story. Yeah, so yeah. it's been in it a few times, but yeah, it's great to go in there. So it's lovely to see that on screen again. Um, I want to know who's Jim the fish. <laughs> Who Jim, is Jim the fish? Oh, he Jim gets the mentioned fish. A few times. Yeah. So, no, yeah. Another little mystery. Another little thrown in. I'm sure yeah. there's an answer out there somewhere. You know, I was thinking as well, watching this again yesterday, the first 10 minutes, it goes bleak pretty quick, doesn't it? So <laughs> a little bit. it starts off great. you got the doctor, I wear Stetsons now, and it gets shot off of Rivers there, and this That's is all great <laughs> fun. And the next thing you know, we've got a, a Darth Vader moment <laughs> of the doctor being burnt on a boat. Oh, yeah, the Viking uh, burial oh, thing. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. I'm like, woo. Yeah. Really? five or ten minutes in and we've like gone from that to that it's it's 
Yeah, it takes it to, and sit and episode two does as well, doesn't it? So you get Amy and Rory are in body bags within the first five minutes. Like, blimey, this is dark. And then obviously they're not dead. They're just, you know, it's just a ruse to get them into that brilliant black cube. But whew, we, you know, we go through the ringer in this a bit at times, I think. <laughs> a little bit. I thought that as well. It starts mm. off quite lighthearted. Uh, Matt yeah. Smith's so great on that open bit. Oh, Whereas great. Stetson now, Stetson's, Stetson's cool. cool. It's all great. Yeah. yeah, but then it goes dark big time. And it kind of, mm. it never really picks up again in terms of the tone of the story. Like that opening bit where it's light and fluffy. There's like yeah. funny little bits throughout each of the two episodes. But in terms of the mood, it doesn't really pick back up again uh, until um, until this is done. And we're on to uh, Curse of the Black Spot. Yeah. that That's when it gets a bit more comedic at times and whatnot. But... Yeah, it does go a bit dark. You're right, quite quick. What did you What did you think of the actual resolution of the way the Doctor gets rid of the silence, if you like? So he goes and implants their image into the moon landing. That's and stuff. cool, man. That yeah, is so I, cool. I'd completely forgotten about that. I thought that was a really good idea. I thought oh, a good bit of writing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's another bit of really good writing, actually, because before we get to that bit. There is that question around why is why is nineteen sixty nine and being in Florida so important? Mm. Why is yeah. the and then it's like oh, okay that was the 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 moon landings that was when they blasted off from Florida and you think okay that's cool and everything but why is it okay I guess we'll find out and you just leave it at that but then when they use that as a mechanism like the Doctor pl- puts that transmitter in the um in the Apollo craft and that's what he kind of can see into the future a little bit not timey-wimey but he can foresee mm. that everybody around the world is going to be watching the neil armstrong coming out of the module sort of thing so he's like well if like the if that's like the biggest tv event of the time then we'll hijack that and, and use it to to transmit the silence so that everybody's mind just sort of clicks doesn't it everyone's like yeah ah i can see him now it's it's another like really cool uh, setup from the moth that you didn't see coming. You, no, I didn't see that coming at all. I didn't at all. No. That it's that great. shot of him in the spaceship as well. God, that looked good. I was thinking that you know, again, coming back to they must have had some money for this this um, season because yeah, there's like a shot of Matt sat in the capsule, uh, Apollo, whatever it is, and it zooms out all the way out. And I thought, for like a, I'm assuming CGI, right? I don't know. It looked amazing. Yeah, it was I cool. Don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just, yeah, I was really impressed with like the production values on this because it's now, what, nine years old, this, you know, this story? Yeah, it would be. Didn't look yeah. it, didn't look it at all. Um, I'll tell you another great scene as well. Another one I thought was brilliant is when Matt's first putting the little things in their hands so they can tap and record a little memory. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. Canton he's, he's starts fixing Matt's bow tie and you're like, what's he doing? And Matt's like, play your, play your thing. And there's a blooming silence in the TARDIS. And I thought that again, I didn't see that coming at all. It's, it's out of nowhere and it made for a really creepy moment. I loved stuff like that. I kept thinking, you know, again, this comes back to what I'm saying when Moffitt's coming out with good ideas, he really hits the mark with stuff like that. Cause that came out of nowhere. That was yeah. brilliant. It was great as well. Cause Canton in that scene's quite uh, confident that mm. not, this wouldn't happen to him. You know, he's a sharp guy. Yes, that's right. You know, yeah. And he wouldn't be fooled by such a thing. And then, literally, within an instant, it's like your hands flash, you mate, play your thing. And then that was it. Mm. it. The look on his face is just shock and like, oh my God. And it's even more creepy. Like you mentioned, that there's one in the TARDIS. They're everywhere. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Another good Br- scene I want to mention, which is really cool, 
was when River jumps off the building backwards. Yes, yes, into the TARDIS swimming pool. Yeah, it was great because when she jumps off, it cuts away and you think, oh, crap, what's going to happen? And then, you know, the the doctor sort of saves her, he opens up the the swimming pool and stuff. So that's another great scene. It's, there's quite a few good scenes like that. And it's that when they go to the orphanage as well, all of that stuff's creepy as hell. Like, Oh God. Yeah. Like the old dude that's there still. And he's been manipulated by the silence to just, you know, I don't know, just keep the place running for some reason, whatever. And, Mm. uh, and he's really creepy and stuff. And Amy gets all the marks over her hand, arms and face and stuff. That whole thing was just really well done and creepy. The, the the girl in the spacesuit as well. Something very creepy about that, isn't it? When we finally you know, we get this reveal of it's a young girl trapped in the spacesuit as well, um, and also the scene at the end when because I again completely forgot about this. So we think the story's wrapped up, and then we get this additional little scene of the girl appearing in an alleyway and talking to a tramp. She's like, "I'm I'm dying or something," and he's like, "What?" She goes, but it's okay because I can do this. And she starts regenerating. Yeah. Now, I do remember at the time being like, whoa, what the, what's going on? Who is that girl? Like, <laughs> So that was another great little what the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I'd forgotten about that until I watched it again. Last night. I thought, yeah, you know, some really good stuff going on in this really good stuff really cool. I, yeah. uh, is it okay to do the spoiler uh, spoilers coming up guys if you haven't watch the rest or whatever so that turns out to be melody right yes that little girl yep who then turns out to be river yeah river. that's right right okay yeah i'm just checking if my my memory because as, as i said it's um it's not a series i go back to very often watch watching this again i i am going to revisit i'll probably wait till we do it on the podcast actually but i kind of want to know how it ties up in the wedding of river song whenever we get around to watching that but i'll i'll hold off i won't watch it until we review it i don't think yeah, I was going to say, yeah, let's wait until it won't be too long. Well, actually, it won't be till next year where we do it because we've got our schedule lined up. But yeah, it'll be good to, to finally uh, close that out, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I'm looking, we've done quite a lot. Of, we've reviewed quite a lot of Series 6, haven't we? So what have we, we've done? Is that the only one that we haven't done now? Yeah, after this, after, well, no, um, A Christmas Carol, if you want to lump oh. that in with Series 6. We haven't done that. But yeah, oh. the only other one officially is, um, yeah, The Wedding. I know a lot of people like that one. I, oh, I'm not a fan of that one. In fact, I'm not a fan of a lot of the Christmas yeah, ones, apart were... from the RTD. I like the RTD Christmas specials, but once, uh, as much as I've been praising Moffat, once he starts doing the Christmas episodes, I, I don't think there's many I like, and I remember not really liking Christmas Carol. Yeah. But they're, they're we'll dreadful. see. Again, I've only watched it once or maybe twice, so it might change my mind. You never know. Yeah, Let's be honest, they are dreadful, mate. The Christmas one well, from the moth. Oh yeah. yeah, not there's not many that stick in my mind as good, mm-hmm. and they get worse for me as well. Just uh, we've reviewed all of the Christmas ones from from uh, from um, what was the last one they did? Have we uh, reviewed the all the Muppet ones apart from um, yeah, Christmas so, Carol and Time of the Doctor? Uh, we've done the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. Ugh. we've done that. We haven't done the Snowmen. Oh, right. Oh, actually, now that one I remember not minding. Yeah. Oh, oh The okay. Great Intelligence, it, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Richard E. Grant. Mm. Yeah, so oh, we, yeah, I remember thinking that was all right, that one. Yeah, so we've not reviewed that one, but we have done, like, Last Christmas, like from the Capaldi onwards. Yeah. Like Last Christmas and Twice Upon a Time and 
What was the other one? Oh, the return of Doctor Mysterio. They're all bloody awful. Oh, Absolute Mysterio! Crikey! Yeah, yeah. You. Oh man, maybe you didn't like that one at all. No. And then I think back to the great one. I mean, I do love like Christmas Invasion. You know, That's the, awesome. the first tenant yeah. one with the cigarettes. I love that one. Um, and I, I like the Donna one as well. Runaway Bride. That was Runaway good. Runaway Bride. Yeah. I like that one. So I do like the RTD ones. But yeah, Moffat. Sorry, as much as I've been praising you, <laughs> now we've got onto your Christmas specials. Ooh. They're watch out! Hit and miss, yeah. Watch out! Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to the two-parter. Um, what do you reckon to Nixon? Nixon. What do you reckon to uh, who played him? He, well, I thought he was all right, actually. Yeah, Stuart Milligan. Uh, um, yeah, not too bad. Not, not bad. Not bad at all. Um, I, I don't really have many comparisons to actors who have played Nixon, so I can't no. really <laughs> um, compare. But uh, not too bad, actually. There's a nice Pretty moment good. when he says to Doctor, "Will I be remembered at the end?" Which is quite poignant. Um, Oh yeah, that's like. quite cool. Yeah, and he's, he's and there's this thing about the Canton's wedding as well, which uh, gets a bit of a raised eyebrow at the end as well, doesn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. at first, because that, that's kind. I'm glad that they explain that because yeah, it does seem ridiculous when he mentions it early on that they kicked him out of the FBI just because he wanted to get married. Well, you think, well, what's the problem yeah, with like, that? What? You know, what's the problem? So yeah. I'm glad that they that they explain that away. Not that it needed explaining really and in in light of what was going on in the rest of the story it's you know but mm. it does raise an eyebrow but it's kind of cool for its time yeah no i thought it was a decent uh stuart milligan yeah the yeah. actor yeah i thought he was a good choice for nixon i think he he has to sort of deliver the kind of performance which is somewhere between serious and he has a little bit of comedy stuff to do like when he comes out of the cube at the end it is good uh well part two sorry you know he steps out and they're like how did you get in there in that yeah cube that's, that's another great idea isn't it the they've built this yeah. black cube that is impenetrable mm-hmm. no one can get in and out of and then canton comes out four days later and they're like what the hell have you been doing in there <laughs> obviously they've got the tardis in there that was another great idea it's cool that it's in area 51 as well that's cool. yeah that hangar looked good didn't it mm. i was wondering I, I know it's not but my first thoughts were oh is that the doctor experience when it's being built because it had that sort of sort of shaped it but it's not i know it's a totally different shape, but it, it was a good location anyway that hanger it was yeah it looks cool i really like that prison as well with the how the, the cube sort of fused together when they put it building it and stuff it looks really cool yeah matt with a beard <laughs> matt with a beard yeah uh what did you think to the guy playing um uh canton so mark shepherd who's playing oh yeah the, the young canton everett as a character and as mark shepherd what do you reckon to that yeah, no, I thought he was he was all right actually. Um, yeah, he was good, better than I remember because obviously, like, I find that whole scene strange at the beginning because you're thinking we don't know at this point quite what's going on. So we're like, why has the doctor invited them to his own death? Why would the doctor do that? But um, the doctor isn't the one who sent out the notes, is he? This is another thing that we haven't got <laughs> answered yet, isn't it? Who sent the blimmin' invitations in Tardis Blue? Mm-hmm. Is it the doctor? Can't remember. It's not, is it? I don't uh, think it is. <laughs> I think it is, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, it might oh, not be I don't then. know. I don't know. I got, got a bit locked. Maybe it is. I thought it was someone else later down the line, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, going back to Canton, yeah, I mean, the old guy as well is quite a good... I can believe it's the same person. I think they he, there's a sort of similarity in the face and stuff. So um, I thought both of the Cantons were good. <laughs> yeah, and it's also weird that, you know, the old Canton that appears on the beach at the beginning. yeah. Uh, it's weird that uh, he doesn't seem upset or phased in any way. No, he doesn't, does he? Yeah, I mean, we obviously find out later that he's privy to it all. He knows that 
You know, it's not the doctor really and stuff. Um, he could have told him. He could have just said, oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So we find out that it was the doctor that delivered the envelopes, but it wasn't actually him. It was the Tesselector. He got them to deliver oh, okay. the envelope. So he kind of, the doctor doing it, but. Lime him off it. Yeah. I, I imagine that the mothball, when he was writing this stuff, you know, when you see those crime shows, films or TV series and in the investigation room they've got like a central photo and then there's like hundreds of oh, like pieces of, of string, string everywhere yeah, lines and yeah yeah I imagine it in his office he had one of those things going up on the <laughs> wall where he's like right that connects to that and that does that you'd have he to have, have. No, you must have like visualized it somehow yeah you can't have just winged it like I'll just wing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Oh, I love that. I love that image. I bet he did. Yeah. Um, and then he burnt it when they kicked him out. He just went home and set fire <laughs> to everything. <laughs> well, he thought he'd gone, didn't he? He's like, he thought it was all wrapped up. Right, I've done my bit. I'm off now to pastures new. And they're like, oh, actually, Stephen, Chris doesn't want to write the Christmas special. So could you just change the ending and do one more? <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could you just come back and write one more? Um, on the Wikipedia page, it's got a great picture of the silence when they were hanging from the ceiling, which has just reminded me how brilliant that was as well. Because they make this strange sound as well, don't they? Which is really unnerving. Mm. Clicking sort of kind clicking of. Clicking sound, yeah. yeah. But yeah, when they were all hanging from the ceiling as well, and Amy's in that room, that was creepy. I mean, that would that would freak you out as a kid, wouldn't it? That, that, yeah, but that's the sort of thing you'd love as a kid as well, wouldn't you? You'd just, like, if I was watching this, uh, uh, you know, as a young, younger guy, I would have been loving that sort of stuff. Yeah, the, like the, um, the, the prosthetics look really good as well. I remember the first time I went to the Doctor Who experience because they, they've got the, um, uh, once you go upstairs and you go to the whole bit where they've got all the sets and props and everything, one of the first things you see is that big silence area with the pods. You know, so it looks a bit like a TARDIS. Yes, console. I remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, the, um, and the full-size models they've got, they look really, they were done really well. I remember thinking, crikey, they actually look pretty creepy. Yeah. Up close. Yeah, they did look really good. I think I remember you posted some good photos of that. You'll have to try and dig them out. Yeah, not at all. The old experience. It's like close-up of the... Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, they were yeah. good. Um, okay, dude. Uh, I think we've, we've, we've gone on quite a bit. Is there anything else you want to... No, I just um, wondered what you thought of Murray's music. So I thought it was quite good in this. It's a bit different. I think sometimes Murray... I wouldn't say sounded stale, but he sometimes would use this. He felt like he was a bit going through the motions, but I think his music in this is a little bit different. Um, I wouldn't say it's my favorite sort of music, you know, when I'm listening to the soundtrack or whatever, but he, he has mixed it up a little bit. Uh, so I thought Murray's music was good in this as well. Quite again, very creepy in places. I think I get the feeling he loves it when he gets to do those sort of creepy like moments. But yeah, so I thought Murray's music was good in this one as well. Yeah. And we didn't have too much of the, um, I am the doctor theme as well. No, we didn't. Good. No, he's toned that down a bit, hasn't he? How much, however much I love that track, it did, mm. it did get overplayed a bit in series five. Oh yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just looking at my notes. I think, yeah, I think we've pretty much covered it. I've written the doctor's age down for some reason. That's a nice idea. The fact it's the older doctor as well, because you know, that's going to keep you guessing like, well, oh, yeah. so what's going to happen between that? So he's 908 at the start and 1103 when he gets shot mm -hmm. and burnt. Uh, <laughs> they don't, they, I know it's a silly thing, but they could have made him look a bit different. Like, I suppose that's the whole point, but he's even wearing the same jacket, isn't he? 
I think so. When, yeah. Yeah. Well, then I guess he, yeah, yeah, he would be. I love that when he steps out and they're all like, <laughs> just steps out of the toilet and they're like, what the? And they think he's dead. Yeah. That was a great moment as well. Because he, he's clueless, isn't he? He's like, why are you all looking at me like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's when it gets really tight. That's the first bit where you think, right, we're in for timey wimey stuff. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, it says on Wikipedia that Matt, you know, when River slaps him, he, she had to do that take a few times. And apparently Matt was getting a bit annoyed after the 10th take. <laughs> I don't blame him if she, because apparently she really had to slap him. But yeah, I'm not surprised. Poor old Matt. <laughs> he might have annoyed the director on that day. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we just need another one. Yeah, one more <laughs> for the sound department. Just to really. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think. Yeah, no, so I was going to say, I think we could we could probably talk about the whole the the longer arc for series six and all that stuff for hours, but I think um, I think it's me to go first for scores, anyways. Alrighty, yep. So I think just for this two parter and this particular story, I'm going to go with an eight because I think yeah. it's a solid watch, really enjoyable. I, I might have scored it higher if there wasn't so much going on that just smacked you in the face immediately, and you thought, "Crikey, I don't know what." what's going on it is a little bit confusing at times so you've really got to concentrate it's one of those stories where if you you have to pause it if you're going to go and do something if you're going to make go make a brew answer the door if you do that even just for a minute and you come back you're you're gone it's game over so yeah it's a really enjoyable watch looks fantastic the performances were really just brilliant pretty much throughout so yeah a solid enjoyable watch yeah, I'm with you on this one. I, so I rated part one eight and I rated part two 7.5. It just wasn't as good for me. Um, but I'm going to give it an eight overall as a two-parter because I, I agree with you. I, I really enjoyed watching this. I'm very glad to, um, to revisit this one because it, it's definitely gone up in my estimate, um, in my opinion, sorry. Uh, yeah, it was a good watch. And I think the thing that really struck me about it about it was the cast the cast works so well together in the story you know um amy rory uh river the doctor even canton you've got quite a big tardis team when they're mm. all together for you know for a big chunk of the story um they all work very well together uh, the humor the drama the action the you know there's quieter moments it's all spot on so yeah it makes for an enjoyable watch yeah agreed yeah, definitely. So yeah, I'll give it an eight. I'll give it an eight overall. Yes. No, no, I completely agree with you, dude. And um, I know that you and I sometimes, when we t- talk about series six, we're generally like, oh, God, series six, you know, that's coming up. But um, yeah, I think it's been, it has been great to go back and watch this one because initially I thought, oh, God, I just, series six is just going to be, oh, here we go. Like massive, like, you know, mothball-sized um, story plots that you have to really concentrate on and you can't really appreciate certain things without having to go through the whole series and all that stuff. However, uh, my I think if, if you ask me without me re-watching it for the review, if you just casually said, uh, Impossible Astronaut on Day of the Moon, give us your, your quick, your quick uh, score, I probably would have given you like a 6 or a 6.5. But now after you're watching it and just seeing how brilliant Matt was and all those peeps, it's good stuff. As always, we had our awesome listeners come through with some great reviews. We got some uh, got half a dozen audio clips to get through. So first up, that cheeky chap, it is Alex Kingdom. Hello, Gary and Adam of the Big Blue Box podcast. Sorry I've been away for a few weeks. Doing the reviews have slipped my mind and I just forgot to do them. Uh, so Impossible Astronaut Day of the Moon, the series six opener. 
it's very good. I think it's one of the more stronger openers of the show, actually. Um, it's really hard to condense down into, into a minute, but I'll try. Uh, the Silence are really cool. I would love that stuff uh, with them as well, and the idea of them, and that concept's really good. I think Moffat really did well. I like the fact how it sets up the Series 6 story out quite well, with seeing the future Doctor die, and we're kind of unravelling the story as it goes along. I like how it kind of sets that tone up, although Wedding of River Song kind of, uh, well, you, well, you know. Uh, but the setup's good. Uh, I like Captain Delaware the Third as a character, I liked the finale with You Should Kill Us All on site and that idea of television and how they're influences. So, you know, them hearing that, it's a very smart twist. I think the companions are good. I like the weird drawing. I like the horror aspects when they go into that children's home. It all works well. Um, yeah, uh, I guess 8 out of 10. It's very strong. Uh, not many problems with it. Uh, yeah, just kind of, I don't really care for the whole child thing. And besides, it's not really a ma- massive part of the plot. They sort of just get rid of her and then bring her back at the end. Uh, but apart from that, it's, it's a solid opener by far. Not the best of them on Nero, uh, but certainly not the worst. 8 out of 10. Uh, see you guys next week. All the best. Stay safe. And hopefully you guys will enjoy the rest of the show. Bye-bye. An 8. Same as us. Alex rocking the 8. Mm. It's funny, though. The, the little girls just get... They brought her back and then got rid of her. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Alex. It is a good opening two-part review there, buddy. Moving on, this is Joe Turner. Hello, Gary and Adam at the Big Blue Box podcast. Joe Turner here for my first audio review. Before I start, I would like to say how much I love these podcasts. They help me through my work during lockdown, and they're so great. Honestly, your commitment, your dedication and work ethic is top-notch, and the content is brilliant. But anyway, The Impossible Astronaut and Day of the Moon. This is, for me, one of the best New Who episodes. I love the locations, especially that gorgeous lake in America. It's scary when you're in that orphanage with Amy when she's lurking around with Canton. There's great action, you get a great sense of scale for all the different locations, and your humour gets me every time. For example, it's a police box, can't you read? And Mr. President. All in all, I give this 9 out of 10, knocking off a point for Amy calling the doctor when she's captured and insisting that her saying her life was boring before he dropped out of the sky was a figure of speech and that she was actually talking about Rory. Come on, Amy. We're not that silly. All in all, I love this episode, and I think the Mofsa did a really good job. It's just the same that the mystery didn't really pay off in Series 6. Thank you, guys. Joe, a newbie. Oh, I love a newbie. Love a newbie. I, d- I recognise your name, Joe, which is why I didn't label you as a newbie, a new timer for the audio review. So, uh, yeah, Joe Turner with, the, um, with the, the, the newbie audio review. Welcome aboard, Joe. Thank you for the kind words. Yes, that was really kind of you. Thank you so much for that. I'm glad we're um, providing some sort of like an easier way to get through your day. All good. Thank you very much. Moving on. The regular reviewer, the regular reviewer from Dan Under, Sammy Satine. Hey, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satine here. So, the impulsive astronaut and the day of the moon. I really enjoy this story. Also, I went and sat in that diner at that table. Such a real shame it's no longer there. It was a nice diner. Stuart Milliken as President Richard Nixon. I first saw Stuart in Jonathan Creek as Adam Klaus, so I always see him as a magician. It's a great setup, this. Such a shame that this whole setup is to fall apart later. Everyone in it is good. I'd be more fascinated to try and watch River's timeline in her order rather than the Doctor's order. It'd be interesting. I give it 
8 astronauts out of 10. Stay safe. Wash your hands. See ya. An 8. Another, Another one. eight, yeah. Is there um somewhere online? I'm sure there must be. Somebody must have done a, a thing of River's timeline, so we can actually watch her in order, or w- watch the Doctor in order, or yeah, I don't I know. Think so. Somebody must have worked it all out because I can never work it out. Yeah, I think um over at the Tardis Wiki, so Tardis.fandom.com. All right, yeah. If you go over there and just do a search for River Song, they've got a, uh, a section where I think it's appearances, and it will tell you which ones. I think anyway, over on the wiki, the TARDIS wiki. But yeah, I'm sure there's other websites that have done it as done it too. But yeah, old river. But thank you very much, Sammy. Another eight. Thanks, Sammy. Yep. Moving on. This is Seb Lane. Hi, Gary and Adam. Hope you're well. Sorry about my voice. I'm recording this about midnight. So yep. Don't ask why. Anyway, uh, the series six opener. I really enjoyed it. Um, I remember watching this when it first came out and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I'm really not a fan of River. Actually, I'd probably go as far as to say I detest River. But, I mean, (laughs) she's the only thing in the story that lets it down. I love it. It's very Moffat, isn't it? Um, The silence, such a great concept. The Doctor's on top form. Amy and Rory are on top form. And I just like the feel of it. And it's got a really nice atmosphere. So, I'd probably give it a 7.5 out of 10. Stay safe. Detest. That's a harsh word. Detest. Detest. A seven point yeah. five, though. Not a bad score again. Uh, no, that's good. Yeah, you know, a good score. Yeah. Yeah, and appreciate you going stealth mode, Seb, at midnight, mm-hmm. getting the review in. Very cool. Uh, next up, Craig Bryce. Hi guys, hope you both well. So, the impossible astronaut and day of the moon. What do I think of this two-parter? Well. Firstly, I think it's a good idea opening a brand new series of Doctor Who with a two-part. I think it's a good way of, um, you know, starting a series off with a bang. I really do like this story. Um, I, I don't find the storyline confusing. However, it does start to get a bit more convoluted as Series 6 progresses, uh, like with Let's Kill Hitler and then into uh, The Wedding of River Song. But I did think it started off well with this. It's, re- it's a really intriguing story. I think the cast are brilliant. I think Matt Smith is an absolutely fantastic Doctor, and I think he's brilliant in this story. Um, I love the silence. If one thing Stephen Moffat always does right, it is monsters. He, he can't deny it. He, he's got such a great imagination when it comes to uh, his villains, and the silence is up there with the Weeping Angels for me. Uh, no real weak points to this story apart from River Song. She, she does get a bit annoying from time to time, but I don't mind her that much. All in all, this two-parter, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. A good start to Series 6. Cheers, guys. Speak to you next week. Bye. Another 8. Another one. Mm. And you are correct, absolutely, about the moth. He is good at monsters. Yes, he is, yeah. We've had some belters from him, so. Yes, thank you very much, Craig. Another eighth, another high score. A penultimate one, George Puddy. So, yes, the Impossible Astronaut, Day of the Moon. Now, Series 5 is my favourite series of the new series. And despite, I mean, I personally like Series 6 more than most, but I think you can definitely see the momentum of Series 5 going into this opener. You can see why it became popular in America, because this is the first time that Doctor's really had a big budget. And it feels so epic, all these sweeping locations. I love them weaving in the 1969 moon landing into this story, and it works really well. You see, this is a Moffat script that has a lot to do. It's got to set up the series arc, you know, have it in America, introduce the silence, weave in the 1969 moon landing, and it does it all seamlessly. I think it's really good. The guest 
best cast is really great. I like Canton and Nixon. River works really well as a fourth companion. Amy and Rory work really well too. Great companions in this. Matt Smith is excellent in this story. And he essentially plays two doctors because obviously it sets up the doctor dying thing, which despite that story arc does get a bit iffy throughout the series. It's really well set up here and Matt Smith is excellent and I really like the silence as well they look really creepy for one but the idea behind them is really brilliant and I like the scene where you go into the children's home and the guy running it has lost years of his life to the silence that is really quite creepy as a great resolution and overall I just really like this story to be honest and I think it get, needs a bit more love it, it's quite underrated in my opinion and it's one of my favorite Matt Smith stories so I'll give the impossible astronaut Dare the Moon, a 9 out of 10. I just really enjoy this one, and I do think it gets a bit overlooked because it's in Series 6. But no, it's really good. But uh, yeah, see you guys next week. Crikey, crikey. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. I mean, I think I, I've overlooked this one because it's in Series 6. I'd, I'd agree with that. It's not one I would ever reach for to watch um, yeah. until now. Now I've rewatched it. I, it's definitely gone up, in my opinion. So, And it, and that is purely because of Series 6. I just mm-hmm. never gravitate towards it. So, yeah, yeah same. I agree. Yeah, one thing I forgot to mention in our review, um, George mentioned about this doing well in America from this series on yeah. because of the budget and stuff. But I watched this on Netflix because... Um, I was too lazy to walk a few meters and get the Blu-ray. But <laughs> I noticed that they did that thing that they did in the, for the American audiences uh, that we didn't have on the DVDs or Blu-rays here, but they have included it in Netflix. And that beginning, we have Rory, Rory, we have Amy doing this sort of intro, narrative uh, intro, where she's like, um, when I was younger, a, a, a madman with a box, did, did you... No, you've seen this. So what's that? So what is it? A different version on the? Yeah, it's like a slightly different intro where before oh. we kick off with the main titles, with the TARDIS, the TARDIS flying through and the music and stuff, we have Amy. You know, like what they did with the Sarah Jane Adventures with Clyde. This is yeah. Bannerman Road. They did like a similar thing for the American audience. I didn't with, know that with Amy. So if you watch the Netflix version, it's on there, which is kind of interesting. No, I didn't. I didn't know. Totally um, didn't know that. I'll yeah. have, to have a look. It's like a it's like a typical American thing where they like set up the story for like the like the gist of the show in like yeah. thirty seconds with some like a cast member narrating what's going on. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Oh, I love it. No, I had no yeah. idea. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, thank you, George. Very very cool. Glad you like that one. And lastly, Matt Steele. Hello, Gary and Adam. Matt Steele here again. Hope you guys are well and having a good week. So this week, The Impossible Astronaut and Day of the Moon. Yeah, it's great to see Ed Steiner at the start. I'm sure I'm not the only one who went in there and sat in the same spot as they did. The Silence are a fantastically scary villain, I thought. It's an incredibly morbid start to episode two, mind, with Amy and Rory being shot and put in body bags. The CGI when River dives into the TARDIS doesn't really hold up that well, but it's great to see Mark Shepard as Canton in this. He's better known for his role as Crowley and Supernatural. This story shows a real step up in the budget for the show, going to America, Kennedy Space Center, etc. It's a really clever idea putting the video message in the Apollo 11 footage, as you'll never know if it's really there. I must admit, I don't often go back and watch many from Series 6. However, watching this two-parter again after a few years has really changed my opinion. I really enjoyed this story. Uh, I give this two-parter 8 stupid faces out of 10. Cheers, guys. I'll see you again. Another eight. Another eight. Yes, indeed. Yes. Crikey. That seems to be a real common thing. And we've experienced it so many times on this show where your initial 
viewing of something kind of sticks in your mind. And it's not until years later, maybe decades later, you've gone back and watched it again. And you think, actually, not actually that bad. It's a pretty decent story. So I think time definitely has an effect, not just Doctor Who, but anything, but certainly with certain episodes of Doctor Who, definitely has an effect on your enjoyment, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yes. I was just looking at the uh, wiki page. There's a picture of Matt arriving on set, in, well, in Utah. He's such a dude, isn't he? He is a dude, actually. You see, yeah. He's just yeah. stepping out of the uh, like the cast van onto the desert or wherever they filmed. Yeah. Just looks an absolute dude. Yeah, he's cool, actually. <laughs> I love Matt. Yeah. Brilliant. No, he's cool. Yeah. Uh, they also dedicated this story to, um, to Liz Sladen, didn't they? Yes, they did. Yeah, which is another nice, really nice touch. Nice little touch. Yeah. yeah. Just going back to what you're saying, I think that's absolutely true. I think uh, it's really nice to hear positive comments for this one because when we put it on the schedule, I did think, hmm, I wonder how this is going to go down. Like, wasn't sure if it was gonna if it was gonna have aged very well. Um, but yeah. uh, if anything, it's it's better, isn't it? Which is good. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yes. Uh, thank you very much, as always. The 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 guys that sent in the audio clips really appreciate you. Um taking the time to do that and some of you recording very late at night for whatever reason so stealth mode stealth mode so thank you so much for that it's, we really love hearing your your thoughts and opinions so thank you for that over on the socials we had a few over there i'm going to breeze through some of these over on twitter the universe of who said an absolute banger the first part in particular is intense scary clever and the doctor getting shot was a huge shock while i don't like the second part as much it's incredibly atmospheric the silence are among the best villains of new who brilliant Mm. Uh, Matt Holmes setup was uh, the most intriguing mysteries in Doctor Who although often terrifying uh, the silence were a brilliant concept it also has its funny moments especially in the Oval Office yeah Dan Peters uh, still find this story pretty confusing this is Moffat at his most Moffaty however I still really enjoy it this is a blockbuster of an adventure with an excellent TARDIS team uh, gives it an 8 out of 10 uh, Caitlin Dalek 100 a banger of a start to series 6 and one of my fave Matt Smith stories. Eleven and Amy are a highlight for sure, and the beginning uh, to the astronaut arc is very intriguing to say the least. She gives it an 8.5. Mm. Uh, Sam uh, at Dooley011 uh, says, pretty much everything about this story clicks. I love the Doctor, the music, the companions, the mystery, the cinematography and direction alongside the excellent writing. It's only knocked down slightly by a lacklustre finale. Yeah. Series finale. But otherwise, I love both episodes. 9.5. John Griffith says, nearly didn't rewatch because of River. Because <laughs> uh, of River. Up. Yeah. But Slack. Uh, likes Matt in a Hat, Canton Nixon, Jammy Dodgers, Silent Spacesuit Locations, Dwarf Star Alloy Jail, Children's Home, Nano Hand Recorders, Time Heads, Dislikes River, River, River Shooting, River Kissing the Doctor. <laughs> actually i i thought that the kiss was going to annoy me a bit didn't actually i think because of the way that matt's all awkward I, it's not like the amy kiss that really in series five that is oh, awkward. hate yeah. that amy kiss but yeah. this one didn't bother me too much no uh, and john gave this a nine, a nine. Uh, dan fox absolutely bloody brilliant my favorite <laughs> series six story really shows what a talented writer moffat is Impressive budget makes every moment feel like an intense movie scene and the silence are chillingly sinister from the first moment. Nine out of ten. Nine, okay. Lost on Gallifrey podcast. What a fabulous, crazy two-parter. The silence are brilliant creations and the resolution is kick-assingly brilliant. Uh, Beardy Matt and the gang are all on top form and why the spaceship from the lodger was abandoned is finally explained. Yes. Yeah, cracker from them off, nine out of ten. 
Jordan Shortman, one of our writers, says, Good story. The Silence were great monsters, though I'm still a little confused with the whole Series 6. For me, it was the last great 11th Doctor story. Mm, okay. Uh, Coach Brian says, Just brilliant. I like how the Doctor becomes the only one who doesn't know what's going on. Uh, mm. Love Canton, The Silence, The Doctor Rory discussion, and The Little Girl at the End regenerates. Excellent as a rewatch. 10 out of 10. 10? Wow, okay. Edward Galuli, quite confusing, but The Silence are superb. A 7 out of 10. Uh, Brian Chapman, this two-parter was funny, riveting, and had plenty of scares. Uh, Impossible Astronaut gives it a 9.5. Day of the Moon, 8.5, which gives a great pair of episodes. Uh, A 9 for both of them. Another high score. Sarah Louise, a running Whovian. Uh, Doctor Who at its best, a fab storyline, which I struggled to make sense of when it first aired, but kept me intrigued nonetheless. The silence were terrifying. The Oval Office was comedic. The TARDIS team were great, and Matt Smith was, as ever, amazing. A 10 out of 10. 10, okay, cheers, sir. And Floppy Lion. Uh, oh, Floppy Lion, hello. Real Floppy Lion just said, uh, she just pointed at Sarah's tweet and said this. So she agrees with Sarah and said, uh, plus it originally aired on my 40th birthday, so I have fond memories of it. Cool. Which is nice. Uh, and then we had a few over on Facebook. Uh, who did we have over here? Callum MacArthur. Uh, I do love the two-part, a great way to open up the series, an 8 out of 10. David Carlin, one of the strongest series openers. It was bold, gripping at some points, confusing. Uh, as per with most Moffat two-parters, uh, I feel like this one is stronger than the second. Silence are in top three creations from the Moffat after the Weeping Angels and River. Gives it a nine out of ten. Uh, Dean Jones, a solid start to series six. Matt is fantastic, as ever. Solid laughs, a good plot, an eight out of ten. Uh, Pete Adamson, uh, not a fan of this one when it was first broadcast, but it's grown a lot. Love it. Mm-hmm. The start of a possible regen is so exciting. Uh, eight out of ten. Charlie Turner, pretty good opener, minus its flaws to my least favourite New Who series, even if it was made totally pointless by the end of it. Um, yeah. uh, it gives it a seven out of ten. Toby Coleman, a huge nostalgia trip for me. Love the opening where the Doctor dies and returns in Clara's diner. Uh, an eight out of ten. Miles McKenzie, love it. The scale was amazing. For a series opener, had some great sequences and the silence was super creepy. An 8 out of 10. Millie McKenzie says, love it, love it, love it. This is the moth on fire. Crazy, quirky, funny, bizarre, confusing, thrilling, clever, ambitious. And the silence are creepy as hell. She gives it a 10 out of 10. Wow. And lastly, Joseph Howarth. This is a great two-part. I do like the idea of the silence. The stuff with Amy was creepy. Is It, uh, it is ruined later on by the finale, but it's good enough to be a standalone story. An 8 out of 10. Sweet. Now, those uh, reviews over on Facebook, they're actually quite long because obviously Facebook's the place to do that. So uh, if you want to read our uh, other people's reviews then head over to the page and check that out. But thank you so much, everybody, for uh, taking the time to send us in your thoughts. We knew this one would be popular, but I didn't expect the whole not quite fond of it when it aired, but now it's grown on me and now it's a banger. I didn't expect as much of that. So, um, yeah, interesting stuff as always from you lot. Yes, indeed. Yes. Ah, crikey. Got through that lot. So that's that done. Next week, what are we on to next week, bud? Yeah, so next week uh, we're um, finishing up series three of the Sarah Jane Adventures uh, with the story that's called The Gift. The Gift. The Gift. So we're getting to the end of series three of Sarah Jane. Oh, I'm, I'm, no. I must admit, um, this is the first Sarah Jane we've done in what? Quite a few weeks now, isn't it? Because of Two months. series 12. Yeah. yeah, so I'm really looking forward to to getting uh, another Sarah Jane watched. Yeah, no, it's going to be great, mates. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's going to be cool. The Gift from SJA next week. 
you think it'll be like a big serious final or is it just going to be a, I don't know. Cause I heard it's not one I've heard much about like yeah. series four kicks off with the nightmare man, which I know people rave about, but the gift, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I haven't heard anything about it. So yeah, going in cold with this one, but looking forward to it. Who knows? Who Indeedy. knows? Right. I think we'll wrap there, bud for two, seven, one, two, seven, one. I think we'll wrap there, <laughs> dude, for two, seven, one. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to us for another week. It's been great to have you all on board as we've spoken through all of the stuff to do with Doctor Who. To uh, newbies who have just jumped in the TARDIS, welcome aboard if this is your first week with us or first couple of weeks. It's great to have you here. Long-time listeners, the old grizzled ancients, good to have mm-hmm. you back as well. Thank you so much for all your reviews and audio clips. Very much appreciated as always. Next week, as Adam said, it's the gift from the Sarah Jane Adventures. So get your DVDs out for that and give that a watch because we'll be asking for your thoughts and opinions as always. Until then, head over to our website, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our previous shows on there. Plus, you can link off to the various podcast apps and networks. We'd love to have you as a subscriber. Make sure you subscribe. That way you won't miss a show when they land every single Friday. And if you've got a minute to leave a rating and a review, that would be awesome because that really helps us out loads and loads. And to all of you uh, that have have, uh, given us a review and a rating so far, thank you so much for that. Much appreciated. Uh, We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Links are on the website or give give a search on there. Give us a like and a follow. We chat plenty of Doctor Who during the week and we have a free Discord server. The link's on the website. Uh, come and join that come and hang out and chat lots of Doctor Who loads of subjects that have been discussed over there recently big finish classic Doctor Who Uh, people posting photos of their collections and stuff it's all good stuff come and hang out and do that and Adam's on there now as well so whatever whatever (laughs) reason do you need don't let that put you off (laughs) (laughs) yes indeedy Uh, also talking of Adam make sure you go and check out his YouTube channel The Geeks and Bag yes go and have a look at all the vids the old Geeks and Bag Grab yourself a cuppa or a cold drink, depending on the weather. Go and settle in and check out loads of Adam's videos. Loads of cool stuff over there. And Adam is on the socials too, under the same name, The Geek's Handbag. Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Go and check him out on there. And uh, yeah, go and interact. Like I said, we go and chat. Plenty of Doctor Who throughout the week. Uh, And yes, uh, just very quickly, those of you that have ordered Big Finish, don't worry, your stuff is on the way. The The warehouse is now open and you should be getting your stuff soon. So until next week, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, it's, it's 